Call Maddie anytime. 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. Welcome to Morning Glory with Maddie Johns. Well, welcome back, people. You bet your ass we're back. Good to be back. We are fresh from four months of drinking, eating, and swashbuckling shenanigans. Today, we're going to talk about Vegas, of course. We'll talk the Super Bowl. We uh, look ahead to the NRL season. Uh, ben and Beak, uh, they got plenty of shit on their liver this morning. they got brand new segments. Webster returns. Movie of the week, Rocky 2 with Liam Alexander, as we remember Carl Weathers. Rest in peace, Apollo. Uh, Jack Johns covers off the incredible documentary, The Greatest Night in Pop. We are the world. We are the children. We're the ones to make a better day. So let's start giving. And the maestro is back, guiding the ship, tickling the operation panels. Welcome back, Andrew Webster. Vagrant update. <laughs> hey, you going, I'm good. G'day, guys. Great to be back. The vagrants are going good. The drifters. Ah, they're drifting. Perfect. Perfect. For now. Bloke in a bar. Uh, uh, mogul of all things, <laughs> from <laughs> underpants to lager, down in camp. Campy, love the tank top. Didn't know where, <laughs> didn't know where was still a thing, but... Uh, oh, wow. Are there you still making the mesh vests? Uh, yeah, actually, we've got some samples coming out. You know, actually, got the one that you asked for the <laughs> other week. Fantastic. Got the ask, one I'm you asked for. I'm looking for a Vegas outfit. <laughs> uh, now, uh, the Prince of Pennant Hills Road, Ben Hogarth. Benny, welcome back. Jeez, I tell you what, a little edgy this morning. Just finished a course of roids, of course. How you doing, mate? <laughs> I'm good. I'm feeling very jacked for the uh, for the year, and uh, we're in a tiny little studio sharing a mic, so this is great. Well, and we've got the maestro Alex as well. Uh, no roids for Alex, just uh, caffeine and Sudafed. Alex, <laughs> how are you, brother? I'm buzzing, Matty. I'm ready to be back. I'm <laughs> excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fellas, uh, my liver is hanging by a thread. It's probably been the biggest off-season I've had by a long way. Fellas, off-season highlights, lowlights. What do you got for us, Beak? Oh, look, new father. Going to bore all the listeners with the, the, the beauty of being a new father. It's been outstanding. Awesome. It's been a unique experience. The, you know what the best thing is when you visit family, seeing your kid play with your you know your brother's kids, your sister's kids. That's what family's is, all uh, about, bro. It's beautiful stuff. So that's how I want to start the year. I want to start positive. You know, I don't want ass man coming me off, off the bat. Oh, it's ass man. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I didn't Webby? have any children at all, although I'm yeah. getting that fat it looks like how's, I'm about to have one. How's Stevie? <laughs> Stevie the dog, she's going all right. I am... Um, my low, my highlight of the uh, off season was getting a new car. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and the Ferrari. BMW. Oh, oh wow! When'd you leave us battlers behind? Oh, no, the problem Louise. is, it's like got a sports seat, and I just didn't realise you got to be a bit more smaller to fit in it. So I feel like I'm in a coffin. But the highlight, in a coffin, not yet, Webby, not yet. The low light, the, it's an expensive coffin. Um, the low light was uh, picking up COVID in Vegas. Oh, you got it over there. That's right. Mm. Funny name for a stripper, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we were at Thunder down from down under. We're going to talk about that a little later. Uh, Benny, what about you, mate? I think I got COVID in Vegas as well. Did you really? It was being – we. I'm not going to name names, but one of the uh, Matty John's crew may have had it taking it there. His name was may have started with B and ended in uh, Iron. Uh, but uh, I think I got it there as well. But my yeah, my highlight was probably our trip to Vegas was uh, very entertaining. But uh, low light was taking care of Matthew Johns. But I'll I'll bring that up later in the show. Well, my highlight it's been a fantastic break. It's best break I've ever had. I, I hadn't seen my dear mate Brian Carney for four or five years. So we met up where everyone meets up in Bosnia. We had five day, five six days there, and then met Trish in uh, London. Uh, not as much fun, uh, not as much excitement, but we drove up to uh, Scotland, up to Edinburgh, and the highlight of the whole of that whole experience 
as far as driving from London up uh, up to Edinburgh and stopping all those little towns along the way was Liverpool. Oh my God, people! Honestly, if you're going to do you go into Europe and you want to have a good time, put it in your, on your itinerary. It is just insane. That what, city. What, what in particular? Uh, if you like your music, well, it just pumps nonstop. Like we arrived on the on the Sunday, and of course, like Trish being Italian, she's like Liverpool, English. Oh no! I said, just trust me. So we arrived, throw the bags in, uh, suitcases as well. Anyway, we go into walking down the street to the left hand turn down to Matthew Street, and Matthew Street's where all the all the pubs are and all the uh, all the live music venues. It was insane. Got home about two a.m. in the morning, and. Woke up close to midday on the Monday, and I said, Trish, let's go back down and get back on it again. She said, Matt, it's Monday at 11 a.m. I said, just trust me. Walk back down, and it was still pumping on a Monday at 11 a.m. Those Scousers, wow. they know how to... You'd have, you'd have been Liverpool, wouldn't you, Alex? No. I actually missed it on my UK trip this year. Got up to Manchester, but missed Liverpool. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. you got to do it, man. Not rolling out. Oh, it's, I saw Evans' new stadium, outstanding mm. on the docks. Uh, my low light, uh, we're going to talk about Vegas a little later. Um, what happened, Poop? Occasionally in your life, you, you come to the conclusion, you come to the realisation of what your age is. I've never felt over 50. But due to my shenanigans over there, and I'm not proud of it, I actually felt, I felt way past my age. It was, I come to the realisation I just can't do it anymore, Ben. Well, there's a, there's a term we like to use, rubby league drunk or Cessnock drunk. <laughs> and, I, and I think that you probably went past that, almost curry-curry drunk, yeah. which is a wild level. We'll, we'll go into these stories. I would love to read out the message that I have from Webbo as well um, as he was leaving Vegas. <laughs> I won't because it's incriminating, but it is an all-time text message. Well, just a little preview of, like... My I soul, can't remember it. <laughs> mate, as we're, we're going over again in three weeks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and uh, we're going over three weeks, and Trish, uh, Brian's wife, Brian Fletcher's wife, Britt, and Trish started sort of, they reached out to each other when they saw it sort of shape. We were both in, we got back. Like, honestly, it got, I was so sick after five days, I couldn't keep anything down. I, I got off the plane in Sydney and lost six or seven kilos. I felt so – it was just so bad. And when I turned up at the house, she's like, what, what have you been doing? Was, oh, no, I was really – I think I got food poisoning. Away from the <laughs> but what about this one? He, here's another low, low, boys. So about two weeks before we're about to fly over, Trish goes, listen, I've just had a look. We've got, we've got a lot of, free, uh, of points do you want me to upgrade you? I reckon we could upgrade you to business. And I went, oh, you know, Trish, I'd love to. But it's one of those things, one in all in. There was me, Fletch and Heine flying over together. I said, no, nah, it'd be nothing. I'd, I'd feel terrible to get in and do a left-hand turn and then go into the right. She said, oh, well, yeah, it's, it's quite admirable. No problem. <laughs> anyway, so we get to the airport and we're sitting there having a beer at uh, 8.30 in the morning. And um, and we go, uh, anyway, they say to me, um, mate, what? What what suit you in? And I went eighty four F, and I could see Hindy sort of just start to edge his ticket back toward himself. And I went, "What suit are you blokes in?" They went, "Oh, nine A and ten B." What? Oh yeah, we we got the upgrade. <laughs> 
So Should I'm never sitting. Never be a team player. I'm wow. sitting. I'm sitting uh, by myself back in economy, just you know, char- paying for beer, and they would come down with a bottle of wine and just like wave the wine <laughs> to me from a distance. It really was. Uh, it was always cool. take care of yourself first. I think have, that's the lesson. Have you been to Vegas, Beak? I have. I went uh, 2012 with the Dragons. Um, a part of me is still there. A part of me is still there. It was a lost a lot of brain cells, but it was a good time. I'm just I'm I'm just trying to uh, calculate my mind, or just again, it's going. It's I'm pondering, uh, mainly staying on the strip for the whole time they're there. Look, put it this way: uh, the great Ben Hornby, uh, he's known to be quite. Look, he's a he's a coach now. He's very. Uh, he's known to be a bit straight straight edge. In the first night, this is what Vegas can do to you. He literally punched me in the face when I was trying to help him. So that, <laughs> this, that's what Vegas does to you. It brings out some kind of demons. Then he gets on the bus the next day. And he's like, boys, one, one lesson. Don't go too hard too soon. And we're like, man, you, you oh, <laughs> oh, my uh, God. But yeah, Vegas, Vegas it's, uh, it's almost, I feel like there's, it does bring a different kind of spirit out in you. It does spirits, bring... one word. Yeah. <laughs> on that note, put a lot of spirits inside yeah, you. Too. You're not wrong. Uh, all it cost was 25 bucks US. That's one thing about it. How expensive it is mm. now these days. There was once a time that you know the the gambling subsidised the the uh, food and the drink, but not anymore. Ben, like it was outrageous. It is, and yeah, for anyone going over there, it is a very expensive. We went into a burger joint. You know, yes, they weren't large burgers, Heart Attack Grill, terrible, but. Uh, we got the final bill, and for your burgers, drinks, and the cruise burgers, it was five hundred US. So it was what? And they, and they go, wow. oh, we don't take credit card. We want that in cash. Geesh. Which we didn't have. The only person that had five hundred in cash was good old Gordy Tallis, who had to flip the bill. He's a cash operator. <laughs> he is. He is cash, cash, cash. We'll take a break. Uh, after the break, we're going to uh, we're going to talk about Joey Manu and plenty of other things with Webster. Welcome back, y'all. And uh, a little bit later, top of the second hour, I'm going to give my world-famous 10 to 1. Uh, well, it's popular in Berry Street, North Sydney anyway. Uh, the 10 things you need to know before heading to Vegas, but it's time for Webster. Never thought forever was the best. Webby, what's the latest, pal? Uh, the Sydney Morning Herald, founded 1854. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? Thanks so for the history lesson, Webby. Uh, we'll uh, take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, 1831. <laughs> Just had a look at the front of our plate. Oh, yes. <laughs> anyway, the Herald, yep. which is still going, allegedly, um, uh, broke the story last night that Joey Manu had basically told the Roosters that he'd be joining uh, either French rugby or Japanese rugby at the end of this year. I made some calls on it myself, spoke to Nick Politis. I couldn't believe how resigned they are to the whole thing. Like, and, and the fact that they'd sort of been resigned to it for a matter of months. And people will think that it's about money. I know that the offer uh, on the table with some French rugby clubs is around 1.1 Australian. 8.50 a year is what the Roosters can throw around. But this is all to do with fullback. It's all to do with the fact that James Tedesco's got a lock on that number one jumper for... Well, he's, he's, he's contracted to the end of 2025. He'll only be 33 then, so Teddy could still be around a bit longer. But, mm. but I think it says a lot about Manu in the sense that he didn't want to talk to any other clubs. We all know that the Dragons and Shane Flanagan were doing whatever they could to try and 
uh, lure him to uh, to their club. But he uh, he was talking to Japanese rugby, but it seems like there's more money in French rugby. French. Well, uh, Webby, that can be tricky for Joey. Joey played in the World Cup last year, which very you know almost connects through to this season. You don't get as big a rest, so he's going to go from this season straight to French rugby. And then maybe look to come straight back to the Roosters again. That's four consecutive seasons. And back in the day, you might remember when NRL players or Winfield Cup players back then, it was uh, the English Rugby League was in their winter, and so they had the ability to finish a season, then go over and right. finish the English season, then come back. That would turn out to be really problematic for players as far as injuries and burnouts concerned. I think it's look the, the Roosters are confident that if he comes back to the NRL, it'll be with them. Um, a little bit like uh, Swali uh, when he goes to uh, to Australian rugby. But, you know, I remember I wrote Mark Asney's book and I, I know things might have changed in the last 10, 13 years in terms of, um, in terms of uh, the standard of French rugby. But mm. is it going to progress well, him as a player? Yeah, well... And what type of player comes back? I suppose, you know, as you'll say, NRL stands for not real long. You know, make That's the money right. while you can. The thing about rugby, the guy, one of the reasons why occasionally you see French rugby reaching out for NRL players, probably one of the best scouts in French rugby uh, is an Aussie bloke who grew up in Dubbo, who's a rugby league man. So he's the guy, I think, who's alert, alerting a lot of these clubs right. to people like Manu and so on and so forth. I'll tell you what, though, earning a million dollars or 850 euros, K euros or whatever, in France for a couple of years, it'd be tough mm. to come back. Uh, yeah, it'd be yeah. tough to come back. You know, yeah. he would, he'd be nearly 30, I'd say, by the mm. time that contract ends, if you, let's say one or two years, and you can travel all around Europe. It's a less brutal game on your body, and you get offered another deal to stay in Europe. I don't know. Well, what about the Japanese rugby one, Beak? If yeah. you want to prolong your career, and, and what I was just talking about, not burnout, is it the French rugby? Uh, I'm sorry, the Japanese rugby. I think the season goes ten games. Yeah. But if you're an import, you can only play six. <laughs> but they say that the, the the toughest thing about Japanese rugby is simply the training. They right. say the trink, uh, the training is quite draconian. Yeah, I, look, it's I, half his luck. Like I mean, you've won premierships. You've won. Yeah. You've won. You know, uh, played test matches like Golden Boot. Golden yeah. Boot, yeah. exactly. Like. Mm. Um, go and get your payday. So uh, I'm, okay, I'm okay. Look, if I'm a Roosters fan, I'm sad to see him go. But but I, I have to say, when I spoke to Politis last night, I, I was surprised at how okay they were with it. Ironically, how yeah, yeah. how uh, interesting is it that, that this is the second fullback they've lost because Teddy was the fullback. That's right. Latrell Mitchell left to play fullback for less money. Yeah. Joey Manu obviously going to leave. Uh, you could you could possibly say Suli as well. Yeah, probably, very yeah. true, very true. Because he's he doesn't want to be sitting on the wing the whole no. the rest of his career. Now, this is just smoky, I don't know, but does this firm up Tail and May from the Penrith Panthers to the Roosters? Mm. It's getting around. Because you've obviously got the, the Terrell Mays wants to be playing with his brother. The Bulldogs have gone cold on Terrell, and I know they've been speaking of Bulldogs have been speaking to Terrell May for quite a while now. It sounds to me I'd be shocked if they at least don't offer Tail and May something. The Roosters, the Roosters. Were, were a bit surprised by the Terrell May thing and, and the Bulldogs because they were of the opinion that he pretty much agreed to terms. Mm. Then all of a sudden, they wanted more money out of um, out of the Chooks because the Bulldogs were interested. So, but there seems to be a desire for all three of the May brothers. Well, to on my podcast, game. he was like basically whichever club can have all three brothers. So he he said on my podcast, whichever mm. club could offer me and all, my two brothers to play, I will go there. Mm. And then if that can't work, then obviously you know. Look, and the bottom line is, if the Roosters want a player, right. 
most times they'll land him. Mm. And that's not, you know, like people always say about Brown Pay Bay, the bottom line is they're just about the best run club in the league. Mm. And they're a club that if you get there and give the Roosters really good service, the Knicks can look after you for a long time. Well, they have, exactly. they have to recruit because they lost Suli. They're going to lose Joey Manu now. That's two of their starting outside backs that are gone. So they're going to have to go into the market for someone because they've got Billy Smith coming, not coming through. He's already made his debut, but there's still one more position that they're probably going to have to fill. And also, you just don't like, is Dom Young going to keep it, you know, going on mm. this trajectory? So it's going to be interesting to see what well, they do in the market. 2025 looks, like I was thinking about last night, it looks pretty light on now for the Roosters. Like, mm. There's some of their older heads, like, you know, I don't want to don't want to end people's career too early, but JWH, you mm. know, Luke Keery. Like, yeah. how many more years have they well, got in them? Well, Keery's L- going to uh, – there's reports yesterday that he's going to extend. Yeah. Which absolutely oh, okay. stuns that me. That stunned me too. Yeah. Yeah, me too, because the conversations I've had with Luke was that he was a couple of years ago because of – not so much even because of the concussions, but because he'd been at it for so long – that the, he was thinking we might be lucky to get the end of this season. He's yeah. to yeah. and how, many, one more. how many clubs would do that? At, at Luke's point, in all respect to Luke, at most clubs, they'd be trying to usher him, you know, sort of move That's him to England. Yeah. But because of the great service that he has given to that club, like Politis and the club have gone, no, we'll, expe- we'll extend him. And, and as you know, like halves don't grow on trees. Like, you know. No, they actually they're... do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not. A, it's not. A playmaker tree. I don't know. I don't know. Like, it, like if there's ever going to be need some politis magic in the next couple of years, this this is when it needs well, to I, happen. I got now. a question. I got a question. Politis magic. Mate, I like that. I got a question. Ability. Shazam. And this might be a bit harsh. <laughs> this might be a bit harsh. But have this cycle of recruitment have the Roosters been as good as they have been in the past? Mm. I think that this cycle of recruitment, although still strong, hasn't been anywhere near as they because basically the last two cycles they've done they've gone 2013 Premiership, mm. then they got Cronk Teddy. Premierships, yep. And since then, they obviously haven't really fired a shot since the back-to-back premiership. Yeah. Particularly with Manu going though at the end of this year, likely um, it puts a lot of acid on them to try and get it done this season, mm. doesn't it? A lot of people yep, thought they should have done last year, yeah. But yeah, mm. there's there's a lot of expectations. This is this, this is season. a make or break season now or right never. Up. Yeah. Uh, what else going on, Webby? Uh, the Keith Titmus coronial inquiry continues today. Oh, God, Des how Hasler, tra- how tragic. I, I've I've been following this pretty closely, and I wrote about it in the Herald today. It's it's been really rough reading some of that um, testimony this week. Des Hasler's in the witness box today. I'm expecting him to get grilled by Adam Cassenden, who's the uh, the counsel uh, assisting the coroner. Look, there's no criminal charges can come out of this at all. What it will do, we'll just try and see if anything could have been done to avoid it, or anything could have been done to help him when he was in distress. But I I, I reckon. I reckon this is really. I think we've been sort of we've been all caught up and going on with Vegas and visas and bringing back the Bears and whatever. But I think this story is really, really important for the game because mm. it's going to put under the spotlight exactly how clubs prepare in the preseason. Donny Singe he broke down in the witness box two days ago and and said, you know, we need to have better protocols as a game about players when they come back to preseason training. Mm. It's. Cooper played with uh, Keith at uh, at Manly in the juniors. What a lovely kid! And I think, you know, speaking a, as a parent, fellas, like I'm just thinking about the like the family where you, your son goes to training and then they get a phone call. Like it's just it's heartbreaking. God, oh, your 20 year old kid. It's seriously tough reading the articles. Like yeah. it, it gets it honestly gets to the point where I can't read the articles because I'm just sitting there going, you know, and even as a as a, a, a former player, just imagining, you know, your teammate, 
you know, you want to be there for your brothers and then that happening in such a time where, you know, you get usually getting closer in a preseason, mm. just devastating. And so there was there was testimony yesterday from two cardiologists that he had a uh, a narrow one artery was narrow, but there's still of the uh, opinion that that heat exhaustion was the reason that he mm. that he passed away. So yeah, it's it's gonna it's a really big day at that inquiry with uh, with Des in the witness box today. Uh, Webby, no easy way to sort of segue from that. My my um, how his. We'd sort of have a, how is that shaping up at the moment as far as tickets sold and whatnot? Vegas. My flight's booked. <laughs> yeah. Um, I th- it depends on who you talk to, but around 25, they told the clubs this week, uh, 25,000 tickets sold. Mm. They're really banking on, and I found this when I was uh, in there over there with you guys last year, was that there's going to be – they're hoping on walk-ups, you know, Vegas is a walk-up town to events. If there's free tickets, if there's if there's available tickets, then they'll take it. I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot of freebies given out because under the stadium agreement with Allegiant Stadium, if for every ticket that's comped, that's given away, the NRL has to pay Allegiant Stadium a certain amount of money. So mm-hmm. it's um, I don't think they'll be throwing them off the back of a truck. Well, I, I see Peter Volandi <laughs> throwing, <laughs> walking up and down the strip. I know Brian Fletcher's trying to get free tickets for the uh, the blokes at Thunder Down Under, let me tell you. He's, he's oh. trying hard. Do you know I know a Thunder from Down Under stripper? Oh, mm. I know them all wow. now. Yeah. The great I guys. Bet, I bet you do. Great well, guys. I've got a question for you. Yes. What, like, Vegas, is, it's very exciting, and I love it, and it's great for the game because our round one is the, the focal point of, of media. But what is the goal? A gambling. Gambling, yeah, gambling, okay. and, so, broad, and broadcast. So the yeah. the the international international broadcasting, it, like people watch it on Watch NRL, mm. and Volandis is really keen to try and get those subscriptions through the roof. And as a consequence of that, um, they can get more broadca- broadcast revenue, particularly out of the US, particularly because gambling's sports. opening up in the US. It's hundred oh. percent. It, it's exploded. Seismic change. So they want to try and get a, a slice of the wagering um, revenue pie in the US because. It's starting to get so legislated here in Australia that you're going to see uh, wagering revenue decrease. Wagering revenue is the second highest form of revenue for the NRL um, behind broadcast. Mm. So it's really important for the game. The, the difference over there, you, you, you know, you see movies and things like that, which was true, where they go, you know, it's Celtics versus Lakers, right now. Uh, um, Vegas is offering this, or I'm making a bet in Atlantic City yeah. for this, where now everyone's starting to bet on their phones. Mm. Like you imagine mm. what a enormous change that is and the money that brings into And you can bet on the run with your phone. You know how you've got to make a phone call here? You mm. can bet on the run on your phone mm. in, in the state. So they're, they're, they're sort of like all the, stuff that we've, all the stuff that we've moved through and made adjustments. They're, they're, the, start, they're really. the The, the yeah. thing is you're not going to like it's gone from the, like the cost of it is that's that's the issue for the wider game. I can you know, they're talking about maybe an eight to ten million dollar loss in the first year, and that's a long way away from breaking even, which the NRL said about three or four months ago. Whether whether the game is going to be able to uh, across the board cop losing ten million for the first three or four years, that's the big question. Yeah. So we're not so- going to know the benefits of it for years to come. So they need to be. They need if they're going to do it. They need to have a long term strategy. Yeah, not pull out after two years. Go, oh no, we've lost too so much money. I think I like the idea and good on them for having a crack. I think the execution's been pretty poor. Like I don't think 
it's ridiculous that you've got players still trying to get visas to get into the country, <laughs> you know, yeah, two yeah. weeks before so they when, So when people talk about bums on seats and, oh, they're all talking, oh, the ticket numbers and not going to sell out the stadium, that's almost like a secondary. Second yeah. It is. Right. It is. Oh, okay. yeah. But the optics of it, you don't want to, like, it's a sick, you know. It's an incredible there. stadium. It's, it's an enormous oh stadium, but if yes. you only... If it's a third full, it's not going to look I tell you the other thing, tell, one that. thing that's really important we haven't spoken about a lot is the Graham Annesley and, you know, and the game have got to actually get on top of the fact that it is a narrow field. Mm. Now, if the game wants to be sold the best it can, uh, the best it can be, the referees, in my opinion, are going to have to pull the teams apart as far as the 10 metres, make it about 12. Otherwise, with that two metres short either side of the field, that's going to make a big difference. We could, it end up could be a log jam in the middle of the field if they don't pull the sides apart. Now, I'm I'm not here to say that refs get told to ref anything at all, but if you are trying to make the best product possible, are you saying look if something creeps up and just touches a little bit of a chin? Well, it's the origin law, isn't it? Yeah, the origin yeah. law. Do we well, go the over there final. with the origin law the or the grand, grand final, final really, law? You know. Yeah, surely we're not sending blokes with ten for a little little tickle. The Americans going keep it fast, yeah. keep it fast. How many times right when we do like a above and below, right now? Um, it's 10,000 above or beyond Americans going, wow, those, those guys aren't wearing pads or helmets. Yeah. <laughs> well, this, this is the thing. Everyone goes, oh, rugby league, you know, it's the collisions. NFL has huge collisions. Of course I does. think it's the speed of the game that yeah. is going to make Americans go, like the speed in the collision that's going to make Americans go, oh, my you know, God. So, when the, so no the, apparently the, the, um, <laughs> the, new, the, new, the new marketing campaign is released post-Super Bowl. Um, in the US, and apparently it's Rusty explaining the rules of the game. Oh, wow. In his deepest... Is he oh, in Gladiator uh, kit? Oh, yes. Good bloke. I don't, maybe. Good bloke grade, mate. <laughs> we'll take a break. <laughs> Daniel's got a new segment uh, coming up next. And welcome back uh, a little bit later. But, uh, we're going to pay tribute to Carl Weathers with uh, Movie of the Week, Liam Alexander, Rocky Two. But it's time for a new segi, Beak's Best Bit. How well everybody's heard about the bird. Well, I'm just having a look before I throw to your beak. I'm having a look at the TV. Kevin Bacon has just done a, an amazing bombshell. He, he lacked professional dancing training for Footloose. Well, that'll do me. I feel like I'm cheated. I started the, the new year well, knowing that. Knowing yeah, that. He lacked a bit of acting training, too. What do you got for us, Bacon? Oh, oh, Kevin yeah, Bacon. Negative. Sorry. Kevin Bacon's a great actor. I see him in Riverwild, chilling. Uh, Beak, now what's his new segue all about? Mate, it's basically just my best bit of the week. But something that's really caught my eye and just brought a smile to my face. And this week, just the best letting bit... you know, you watch your ass as far as positivity is concerned, right? <laughs> uh, this is the negative show. Okay. Well, there's ways to get negative with this. Uh, the best bit for me uh, is basically look, we spend, let's just say, 20 million. It's the biggest game of the year. We're going to Vegas, all that great stuff, all the promotion, people getting sent over there. There's so many things to talk about, but the biggest story heading in. Couldn't be more rugby league if you tried. It's how many players have criminal records <laughs> to get into the country. If that is in rugby league, I don't know what We it are is. simply the best. <laughs> and that's brought me joy. It's brought me joy to know that that's what we're talking about right now is how many blokes have criminal records and they might not get into the country instead of something incredible like a Vegas Because we, 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 the Australian people and the Australian media, didn't know about and they've, they've popped up and you go, they've done something wrong. What do you know about? Know. So when this all... I, Without wrapping myself, I broke the story saying how the four clubs wanted an urgent meeting with Abdo and Volandi saying, what's going on with visas? They'll be going, it's all good as gold. It's going to be sweet. And they're going to no, just have not. a look at this. <laughs> no, oh, no. Not. Him. Not. <laughs> Who would have? Because, because they're the... F- 
some of the people that had to go to the consulate were the biggest names in the, in the, out of the four teams that are going, right? I like how they were lining up outside the consulate with all the other yeah. gibberers. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. I was one of those gibberers. <laughs> I, had to, I had to what line up. I had to line up. You're a bad boy. So you were a I, bad boy. I, I, I had to do it as well. I had, I had to go to the consulate, not for not for this trip, but for the when I took the boys over there in December because I was denied an Esther because I had been to certain countries that the Americans – Oh. Des- decide, have decided uh, inappropriate. So how how long ago? Uh, 10 years, 12 years ago. Stop it. But there's, there's a, there's a, I just yeah. wonder what he was up to when yeah, he was saying yeah, And yeah. they said, what did you, what did you, what did you, what did you do in these countries? <laughs> and so I went, oh, well, I was just, I was just traveling through. Yeah. And they said, oh, okay. So they just, they just tick a box. Go, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. fine. Top, top shelf in cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about like, when the they before we went to the consulate, they got a person to basically brief us on how it'll go, and they said, "Oh, they'd be really friendly, but they've got to be careful what you say and make sure you're on top of oh, yeah. you know, when you've been there before." So I walk up, I'm sort of in a mild sweat, and a lady <laughs> says, "I oh, come forward, and you know how you doing? Get very, very nice." And she goes, mm, "You've had a work visa before to go to America in 2014. Now, what was that for?" For the life of me, I couldn't remember. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was going, oh, God, 2014, 2014, 2014. And, I, and I'm waiting for her to go, oh, don't worry about it. When I'm sitting there going, 2014. <laughs> and I went, oh, that's right. I went with a radio show. She goes, yeah, that's right. So she had it there. Well, I because Fletch and Heine were in the line behind Matthew, waiting for their turn. They said he was going to absolute water, shaking, <laughs> and they they, they, they said something. Oh, haven't you been recently? And you're like, yeah. no, <laughs> and you had two weeks before. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what, about, what about the random questions like you get from the U.S. customs officials oh. when you get there? They're scary. Yeah, no. See, the, I they. When I was there, they're really I th- I found them really friendly, and they're trying to I think lull you in to making because there was a girl in front of me going thing. for a tourist uh, a tourist visa, mm. and she was denied. They said, "Sorry, we need to investigate this more." Denied. See you later. Wow. Oh, when I went over God. in 2014, me and Jack are going in together, and the guy went. I he went. What's your? I looked a lot younger then. You know, the last few years have been pretty heavy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he said, "What's sorry your relationship?" And I said, "That's my son." And he went, hmm, right. And he made me step aside, then quiz Jack. No now, what is you know, your father? What do you know? And But they were quizzing. And fair play to him, too. Like, I can imagine, you know, you get, you get some pretty freaky shit going yeah. down. But, yeah, they gave me the once-over. I've got another mate that every time he goes through, a red flag comes out because apparently there was a Phil Bailey. Oh, give his name away. <laughs> <laughs> there was, sorry, a Dennis. Uh, now, but Phil Bales goes through and a red flag comes up and he always gets interviewed because there was a Phil Bailey on the loose. Wow. In America? Yeah. Oh, well, wow. they're, you know, they're probably one of those guys on the, the watch list around the world. And I want to see if that is. <laughs> one, of those lists, so, one of those lists. So yeah. I've got this work visa going through into LA. I'm sweating because I'm going, oh, my God, something's going to happen. Because so, they said, oh, there's no guarantee. And I'm like, okay, well, we go. The late, there was there was guys getting pulled into rooms and everything. 
Then there's a lady came on, shift change, and she was getting people through in about three seconds. Next. Yep. No, you're fine. Next. What are you here for? Oh, uh, here for work. Yeah, cool. That sounds great. And just threw the passport I back to me and went through. Sick. If I was having a bad day, how'd you treat people? You just go, oh, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Get the rubber glove ready, guys. We'll take a break. Up next, we're, uh, we're going to talk about a lot of the goings on in the NRL uh, preseason. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, later in the show, we've got uh, Jack Johns for Sound Advice, uh, the greatest night in pop. Have you seen it, boys? Have I you have. Seen? I have. It's, it's, it's insane. It's, it's as good a music doco as I've ever seen. Have you seen it, Beak? It was a great show. Loved it. Yeah, no, it is, Beak. Really? Who was your favourite, Beak? I know you're a Cindy Lauper man. I just love that, like, we are the world, bring us all together kind of stuff. Uh, that, that, oh, I okay. love that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. We are the world, greatest love of all. Love them all. Uh, Susan getting closer. Uh, boys, a few things going on. Harry Grant has been awarded, given the captaincy of the Storm. I think it's a great decision. I think more than a changing of the guard, it's probably just a change of direction. Interesting about what, Welshie. Yeah, what... Christian Welsh. Sorry. What what does that what does that spell for him? Because uh, I know he, I know he's he's you know a lead leader down at that club. Is that I don't know I don't know. Is that a shot over the bow? Well, he's already towards the end of his career as it is. So I, yeah. I'd assume I I personally believe it's it's that full. It seems like outside looking in the full recognition of not not necess- they're not in a rebuild at all. They're still a premiership threat. But like the next generation has arrived. This is what's leading the club now. We're fully past that like that former error. It is going to be interesting in regards to how many minutes Harry Grant plays, though, because I don't think he should be playing 80 minutes, but yeah. you obviously want your captain out there as much yeah. as possible. Yeah. I, I agree. It's, to me, it was the fact that they didn't have Christian at all in, in the leadership group at all and made Harry captain, to me, was a concession that they needed to kick the, kick them, kick start the, yeah. their, their club again. Mm. The no, thing no, about, not a yeah. rebuild, you're right, but because there's mm. just such a strong club. But they faded in the last couple of I th- seasons. I th- they're forwards. It's a really, I think, it's a really I think, big change. I think forwards why they need a rebuild. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying this is the case with Welsh, but it might be a sign. You know, I think there's some players in the pack that they're looking to – well, they need to refresh their pack. Last year their pack was far too one-paced. Mm. And that he, was the main thing. The well, when it, when he's, it, when but it, he's an old soul, you know. Like to me, like he's such a. It's like right. Well, mate, you're going to be the face of this club for the next five, six years, oh, and Harry, we're going to start yeah. now. Well, and that's be, a good. And, and, and who else would you give it to? No, that's I, great. I think one day he'll. I'd be very surprised if he does end up Queensland captain, Australian captain. Yeah, yeah. He, you can just see that's I did, part of his just, makeup. It just looks like Bellyache is looking at Penrith's forward pack, is looking at Brisbane's forward pack, and going, you know yeah. what. We're going to, re- to, re- to rebuild that. In a lot of ways. Mm. Uh, Cameron Smith. Yeah. I find him very similar. Very, very similar. Oh, for sure. And I I just... Champion bloke. He's a champion bloke. Also, I think that, you know, we get caught up so much in his attacking flair. We we don't actually see his toughness on the field. Like, he is a tough, tough player in the middle there. Never backs down from whether it's his def- his duties in defense or whatever. I, just, I think it's a great decision because it would have been really easy to go, you know what, a safe option to a degree. Cam Munster, you know, just I'm just going to give it to Cam because if it doesn't work out, like okay, Munster, he's a bit of a rogue, so that's why it didn't work out. Whereas given it to Grant, it is a lot of pressure heading yeah. into the next year. Cooper told a funny story because they lived together for years. He said when they first got down to Melbourne together, and Belliac did that, you got to work for two weeks. Cooper played Cooper and Harry played a practical joke on the bloke that work site they were building. It was quite a 
crew won. Like, like they sort of convinced the bloke that he'd won through this thing oh, five hundred. No, he's after this certain contract, which was worth like a couple of million dollars. And Cooper done a prank that he was like he got the deal. And now sitting in the back of the car as the bloke rang his wife, going, "Mate, we've got it." Got it. She was like in tears, going, "How good is that?" Then he re- something happened. He looked and he realised it was Cooper and Harry. Anyway, he turned around to him in the back seat and said, I'll tell you something right now. Neither, neither of you blokes have got the character to make it in the NRL. And I said, well, he was half right. <laughs> uh, the other – Campbell Graham, fellas, up to six months out of the game. What a big loss that is for the Bunnies. Look, I'm I happy to be wrong, but if new information has been given to them since the end of the season and that's what's changed the situation where they've needed to give him – uh, surgery, then fair enough. That's totally understandable. But for the life of me, if there was even a 10% chance that he didn't heal correctly, if they, if they went to the doctor and he said, oh, yeah, you should be right. You know, I'm, I'm about you know 90% sure that this should heal properly and you don't need surgery. If there was even 10% chance he should have been in that mm. surgery room the second the season ended, I, I am shocked and surprised. I, and as I said, if there's more information that's come out, well, I tell you, it's a big blow for Lachlan Milius. That's his man on that right-hand side. It's- he, um, he's confident getting back before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I was messaging back and forth with Campbell yesterday. So he seemed quite pragmatic about it, but you're right, it's a big loss. And I got to got to spend a lot of time with him in Vegas um, last year. God, he's a great guy. Best bloke in the world. He's so good. Very sort of dry and reserved, mm-hmm. but a really, really good guy. And he was really confident that he'd get back to contact of the – the first week of um, of January, but not to be. Beak, I want to ask you about this one. Uh, a story that sort of starting to get momentum is the Tavita Pangai going back to the Broncos. Now, I'd be very, very surprised because I look at the Broncos. They've got so many extremely talented, very, very good young forwards. Mm. I mean, what what's what's the thought up in Queensland there? Oh, look. My feeling is this, and no evidence to back it up, but my feeling is he's a boxer. He needs his name in the headlines. This is a great way to do it. Uh, we haven't heard anything from the Broncos that, to my understanding, uh, nothing official at least. Maybe they had a discussion with him, but what I don't get is, is Kevy was there when he moved him on. So what? When not- you start to push towards 30... The words they shouldn't be using about you is potential. Yeah, so very surprising. I think it's more along the lines of he's a you know get his name in the headlines. They would be crazy to upset what is happening right now at the Broncos. Given, um, given what he said about halves, Adam Reynolds would be a little <laughs> nervous. We'll take a break, and as I said before, a little later in the show, we have got the movie of the week. Yes, welcome back uh, to the show, boys. Could I be a little bit self indulgent here? Listen, that's a rhetorical question. For a change, got a look. Got a uh, pod, new podcast coming out uh, backstage with Cooper and Maddie Johnson. He gets he gets headline billing now. He's on uh, Colin Jackie O. Uh, we had a preview coming out next week. Our, our first guest and podcast looks like it'll be about Feb twenty six. Uh, some of our guests are going to include Colin Jackie O, Nathan Cleary, Candice and Dave Warner, Mark Burris, Luke Brooks, Maddie Nable. Uh, the missile is going to join us, and we did one the other day. I've already we interviewed Webby the other day. Webby, I've got to tip my hat to you. It was we watched it back yesterday. It was fantastic. Thank you, Matty. Matty. I liked it. It was a safe space. Dan and you're next on. We're, we're going to I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. So, uh, mate, very it, professional setup. Yeah, it's, it's really what, good. That's one way of putting it. What, what, what am I, mate? Like, oh, yeah, wait, no, that just yeah, goes without yeah, saying. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> stick around, people. Big break coming up. Maddie's world famous 10 to 1. 
Yes, welcome back. Uh, top of the third hour, we've got Morning Glory Jeopardy, your favourite, uh, Webby. Oh. How well do you know your football? Because we've got legends of the English Premier League. Oh. Yeah, Maestro, you all over a bit. Yeah, well, is Maestro involved in this? Maestro, you sub or can in. He, can, you no. sub in can, he, can he be my call a friend? No. Uh, no. Maestro is not involved with this. Already because we'd, or we'd have to handicap him. Webby's a sport freak. Hey, Webby listen, loves hey, yeah, soccer. Yeah, 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 and hey, I'm like this. I don't, first of all, I don't. And second of all, nothing's changed. wire. Webby is, is negative, so nothing's changed since last year, and you're trying to cheat. Nothing's changed since no, last year. No, but you know exactly. what? I want to use Alex like, together <laughs> hey, as a hey, production hey, hey. It's a family show, okay? <laughs> it's a family show. Yeah, guys, it's uh, time for uh, Maddie's world-famous top ten, and, of course, Vegas is on everyone's lips. So it's my top ten things to kn- that you have to know about Vegas before you go there. Uh, ben, join in here. Number oh. ten. Uh, people, the arrivals terminal. Um, I would oh. say, suggest it is possibly the happiest place on earth. You just, you, you, your wallet's full, you get there, the novelty of poker machines when you arrive there, and oh, it's funny, you're putting money in, you lose 20 or 30, it doesn't matter, I'm in Vegas. However, the departures, uh, <laughs> Ben, without doubt, I reckon the saddest place on earth. <laughs> well, the the arrivals, I, I won't name names, but one of our, one of our group managed to put 200 <laughs> through one of the pokies oh before Maddie got off the flight. Because <laughs> Maddie was at the back of the plane. Yeah, the rest yeah, of us at the front. Yeah, yeah, so we were waiting for Maddie to come out. And the minute you walk out, there they are, these. And they're not, they're like spaceships, the the, the pokies. They the, are. You know, they're these oh. huge like over the top yeah. of you. Yeah, but the departures, mate, the, the breakfast and the coffee in the departures lounge is criminal. I was so, what do you mean? Yeah. It's so bad. It's, and I, they I will agree. charge you through the nose. I had, I, I had, I just said, I was having a look, so I can't keep any of this down. So <laughs> we're having burnt toast with tomato sauce on top. <laughs> That's, That's what he ordered. That's what winners do. got toasted tomato <laughs> yeah, sauce. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, number nine. Uh, guys, you've got to be very careful staying on the strip. I think the old Vegas Fremont Street is awesome. It is far cheaper and it's been zhuzhed up a little bit, but mate, everything, and we'll touch on it, but everything on the strip is just so expensive. Mm. I reckon it's gone from the last time we went up there, it's gone up 30 or 40%. It's ridiculous. Yeah, well, beers, maybe you'll back me up on this. Yes. Beers were what? I, I was seeing beers on the strip for 15 US. So the, ex, the exchange rate you put up to what? 26, 27 Australian. Yeah. And then it's the tip for a beer on top of that. So you're looking at 30 Australian, I reckon. That's what we were at. On the last, I took James Hooper for lunch there, just for just a basic lunch. That'd be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it was about the only sane thing we did for the eight days we were there. And uh, I said, we got two crappy salads and a couple of Cokes, and it was like 70 US. Oh, yeah. I was like, Obscene. what? <laughs> yeah. Um, number seven, if food wastage uh, disgusts you, don't visit the heart attack grill on... Uh, on Fremont Street, uh, they deliberately serve you a burger you won't even eat a quarter of. And if you don't finish it, which you won't, you receive a compulsory ass paddling from a young female waitress who swing, well, I would say it makes Chris Gale look like Kepler Vessels. Is, is this a recommendation not to or to? Uh, well, oh, it depends on if you uh, want the experience. What's your name, yeah. Joined again? Uh, <laughs> heart attack bar and grill. Yeah, because I thought I thought oh, it's just going to be you know it's a bit of a show, a bit of a, like it'll be great for TV. Oh, a little oh. up. They launch into you, and I think they they got Heine and Heine snapped a little bit because yeah. I think they got the end of a little it. bit of a cag. Got him a little, oh, got no. a little bit inside they nipped, they nipped inside the, the buttocks. Yeah. They nipped it. They nipped the yeah. cag. A little and bit. he he <laughs> flipped it. <laughs> 
He didn't tuck him up. He didn't tuck him up. Well, that's his fault. If you know Nathan Highmark, (laughs) you can't tuck that. (laughs) 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 Absolutely. It's it's, it's the pride of the Highmark family. Let me tell you. It's like a battered seven a rose bush. Is that part of the top ten things in Vegas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Number six. Uh, you must, like, seriously, people, you must attend Thunder from Down Under. It's a male strip show, right? But, look, it's more than just chiseled hunks who f- had failed in our real careers. It's, mate, it is fantastic. I've never laughed so hard. It's just a great show, Benny. Yeah, I, 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 because we obviously filmed there, mm. uh, but we went a couple of nights beforehand just to block shots and see what it was like. So, in the end, I, I saw the show three times. Yeah. And we were we were obviously you know welcomed with open arms up the back of the bar, and they, you know, the old saying, American free pour. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to get you, you know, in the mood for all these blokes to come out. So mate, we had, I had I had three vodkas, and I was flying, <laughs> absolutely flying. But the show was fan. The guys are sensational. They're but, great guys. Yeah. yeah. If you like, if. You know, men or women, if you want a great show, it's go to Thunder Down fun. Under. It is it so, much fun. so much fun. And the bloke who, like, who's the, the PA looks exactly like Luke Brooks. We call him <laughs> Brooksy. <laughs> but, mate, it's such a professional show. Yeah. And uh, Australians who own it, Jackie and Billy Cross from the Gold Coast, who, they, they yeah. own it. They've had it for 20 years there, and they said they've barely had an empty seat. Yeah, wow. it was a, a definitely a highlight of the trip. Um, we touched on this before. Number five, um, Vegas, mega expensive. My breakfast each day, which was a double vodka and soda, uh, <laughs> actually cost me $25 US. And you're going, one drink. Yeah, for a, du- it was, look, a double. It was, might have been a triple. <laughs> uh, 25, you're sitting there as you're drinking it going, this is like 40 bucks Australian. It's insane. Um, <laughs> but your test, like this, we went to, where we're staying? The, we stayed at Caesars. But we're, Resorts World, we stay there. Oh, you will be staying at Resorts World. The meal we had there that time, it was how much did it cost? It was that's where I was staying. Yeah, re- and so I was because I was I, there for work. I, I was yeah. using my work card, and then I, I went to reconcile it last week, and I went, "Are you kidding me?" Right. Yeah, I I, 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 I did my I did that when I got home straight away, and let me tell you, it it was a big one. Yeah, my wife said, "What's that for? And what's that for? And what was that for?" I, oh, I can't even remember the trip. <laughs> I'm not joking. Number four, though, like, okay, $25 US for a double vodka and soda. But there is a loophole uh, who I, 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 you must know about. Whilst a double vodka and soda is $25 US, if you pretend to play the hokey pokey machine, it's actually free. All you got to do is give one of the waitresses walking the casino a tip and they will just keep coming back and they'll keep filling you up. So think about that. $25 US compared to pretending you're playing the poker machines and nothing. We were going out for a very short dinner and Matthew arrived a half hour before everyone else and did that and just was playing the pokey and the girl kept bringing him. I, I won't say how many she brought him in that half an hour. Yeah. Let me tell you, in that half hour, Matthew went from Matthew yeah. to Cessnock Matthew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How many she bring out? Uh, it rhymes with twelve. <laughs> how, big a tip, how, big a tip, how big a tip do you reckon? Oh, oh, dollar fifty. Yeah. Now, right. um, no, a couple of bucks. Yeah, three couple bucks every yeah. time. Yeah. And uh, it's a lot better than twenty-five US. I'll give you the drum. Thanks, Coop. 
now, this is something quite seriously I heard yesterday. We didn't go to, on the Smartless podcast. They in- interviewed uh, Vegas local and Killers lead singer Brendan Flowers, and he said you must visit a restaurant there called the Lotus of Siam. He said it is – he's been everywhere having – he said it's the best restaurant he's ever been to. It's on Fremont Street. And P.S. The Killers people, if you like The Killers, they're taking up a residency in Caesars Palace starting in August, which is really for – for them, they're all Vegas boys, but Brandon Flowers, his his mother worked at Caesar's Palace for forty years, oh. and he worked there for two years as a bellhop. So, yeah, returning there is oh, the good. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, number two, <laughs> number two, uh, Webby, I want to take you there. You didn't come with us here last time. It's my favourite place in Vegas. It is called the Double Down Saloon. Oh. It's rated the worst bar in America, which is correct. Uh, it smells. The locals are hideous. Uh, the decor is appalling, but the drinks are ridiculously cheap, and it's an awesome jukebox. Ben, your testimony to that? Uh, yeah, Webbo. If you don't make that Uber and you stay at the hotel, do it. Let's just say the the, 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 toil- one after- the toilet isn't bolted to the floor. Oh, <laughs> the toilet gonna, is not bolted. That's gonna be a you can just you can just roll. Rocket like you, you have a King Henry, you just feel it rolling well, down to and, the yeah, and one of our and one of our and one of our crew, namely Brian Fletcher, needed to do, needed to do well, that. The only afternoon I spent with you guys in Vegas, I ended up walking around the Caesar's Palace car park looking for an Uber dry heaving. So <laughs> I'm a little bit reluctant to catch up with you guys again in Vegas. That's all good fun. Uh, <laughs> and number one, this one is a word of warning that everybody gets, but it's the error we keep making. We stayed in Vegas, and it was a, it was a work trip, Ben. Let's remind ourselves on that. Yep. Uh, but well, what, it, it was for me. It was. It was you, for me. You're getting us out of bed every morning nice and early to do yeah. the various things, which we'll talk about. But um, do not stay in Vegas more than two or three days. Webby, after three days, it's like Disneyland just turns into a huge turd you can't flush. <laughs> it was just... It, yep. was, it was... The last few days were quite hellish. We, yeah, we were there for six nights, and... Yeah, the last I reckon the last forty eight hours I was, yeah, we're you get sad. very it, the bedrooms become very dark, very small, and you just want very to, smelly. You, yeah, you just want to get out of there. A little bit bloody too. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, it was rather sick. And uh, when there's nothing on the stomach, then suddenly, <laughs> well, as I said, when I arrived back, Trish just went, "Oh, what have you, what have you been doing?" It is working. It has been very difficult cutting together an hour-long feature about us in Vegas and having Matthew in a in in an approvable light. You know what it's like. (laughs) Because what happens is when you arrive at a place, I was just so excited, and you just you just go so hard on the drink. It's just every morning I wake up and go, I can't possibly do it, but we'd find a way. So Vegas is obviously a high desert. So it's cold. It's very dry, right? Mm. So we're there for 24 hours, and everyone's like, um, oh, man, my lips. Did you notice this? Yes. Your lips change because oh, yeah. you're high desert. So you, you realize that around all the little convenience stores in the, in the, um, the casino, there's lip balm. Lip balm, lip right? Balm. So you're disappointed. That's right. Except for Matthew. I've never, I've never, <laughs> Matthew came down I've never after, had it in my life. Matthew came down like three days, three days in. Sure. He goes, hey, boys, how you going? <laughs> Sorry. So he's dehydrated. He's given himself a whack, so his immune system's through the floor. And he's slowly got, Fletcher Heidi and I stand there, he's slowly got streams of blood, like a vampire dribbling 
down like, his uh, chin. From all, yeah, from all the cuts along his legs. I look like Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> and so <laughs> French is like, um, maybe you should have this and keep it. <laughs> oh. Trish sent me a photo the night of Thunder from Down Under after we got a photo of all the boys. She sent me a photo. She zoomed on my face. And my face was bright red from, you know, when you have the eyes start to get a bit yeasty on the face. And my lips was blood just coming down. She goes, what is going on? I said, oh, I was just, it was honestly, it was just laughter. Yeah. And I get, and I get the, and then Maddie gets the message, what's Ben making you do? Thinking <laughs> yeah, that it's yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, Ben's about I'm the one. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Trish just blamed. After the dog attack last year, I know. fans I'm, didn't like I... it, family didn't like it, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll take a break. Rocky 2 next. Welcome back, people. It's time for Movie of the Week. <laughs> now, this has become a serious highlight of the show with uh, Liam Alexander's enormous knowledge and, and, and just the manner which he uh, brings uh, to, uh, to the Movie of the Week. Now, last week we saw the passing of the great Carl Weathers, a.k.a. Apollo Creed. So in tribute to Carl Weathers today, we put the spotlight on Rocky II. Apollo, a lot of people say that you lost the first fight, a victim of the Southpaw Jinx. Did fighting a left-hander throw you off? Southpaw Jinx, nothing. Last time I took the fight too lightly and this man was just plain lucky. But this time, this time you all will see the real Apollo Creed. The whole world's going to see the real Apollo Creed. Lightning fast and hard to catch. No playing, no jiving, just business. Look here, a lot of people may not like me and that's okay. But come November, Apollo Creed will provide the ultimate gala spectacle. On Thanksgiving, in front of this man's home crowd, I'm going to drop him like a bad habit. Liam Alexander, welcome. (laughs) Oh, morning, guys. How you going? Oh, Liam, we're going good, mate. Great. Thanks for coming back, pal. It's, uh, you do such a great no. job. It's great to have you back. No worries. Thanks for, thanks for giving me the invite back. Now, next break, we're going to focus entirely on Carl Weathers, but Liam, Rocky Two. wow. I mean, what an incredible sequel. I love Rocky Two. I think it's one of the most underrated movies in the front. I know Rocky Four gets probably more attention, but... What I love about Rocky Two is it came out in 79 and it still has that 70s grit to it, like the first Rocky did. I think it has that sort of personality, the independent personality of the first movie. I think when the 80s roll around, I think mm. the sequels sort of take on a different vibe. Yeah, like, for but sure. I think the original Rocky One and Two sort of, they feel like a two-parter to me and feel like one whole one whole story. Liam, three and four become, and, and, and so on, they sort of become a little bit too Hollywood, you know, like it's fairy yeah. tale. These two, uh, the one and two, sort of remain um, in the very parts of the site uh, of the fight scenes. People will argue about that. Yeah, but there's more reality. I mean, Sylvester Stallone in this one really captures the plight of a retired sports star, and captures how quickly respect diminishes. Because you know, after one, he retires and then comes back. I just think it's yeah. very earthy. Yeah, I agree. I think, and Sly directed this movie as well. He didn't direct the first movie, but this one he wrote, directed, and stars in it. So I think it was it was a big swing for him, and he, he did it really well. You're right, Alex. You're coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to love this little little fact that I found. So when Rocky is training for the fight, he's sparring with a smaller, quicker fighter who yeah. played that part. Roberto Duran. There you go. Yeah. Oh, I wow. saw that yeah. this morning and went, oh, Matthew yeah. Jones is going to love he, this if he doesn't know already. Ducking and weaving around and, and Paulie's going, come on, move. He's making a fool of you. Yeah, it's Roberto Duran, hands of stone. <laughs> oh, but ma- imagine if he just, you know, accidentally clocked you. Oh, my <laughs> God. Which, which actually happened. So apparently um, when 
Because, and I saw this because obviously the passing of Carl Weathers, all these clips are popping up on Instagram and stuff. And they showed Carl Weathers and Stallone uh, like practicing the fight and falling on the ground and the, the count and everything like that. So apparently there's a scene at the end of the second round where they actually came in and and missed and clocked each other. And there's a scene where they they then they walk off to their corners screaming at each other. So that was real. Real. Yeah. Wow. So they were actually dirty at each other because they went, guys, we're trained this, and you've <laughs> yeah, just punched right. me in the head. Liam, critics tend to slam sequels in most cases, not all cases, most because they view it as a bit of a cash grab. What are the yeah in this case? How were the critics? Yeah, they they were actually pretty solid. They, they're solid reviews for Rocky Two. Obviously, it didn't reach the heights. Uh, like the critical heights of the first movie. Like Rocky won, won three Oscars. So didn't quite get to that level, but for, for a sequel, it actually got really solid reviews. Yeah, man, Roger Ebert, he said, Rocky continues with the good things about Rocky one. It's a sort of old fashioned movie celebrating like love, courage, and sort of just sheer determination. And I think, um, I think, yeah, I think it got pretty solid reviews for, for a sequel, considering that a lot of them do get slammed. Liam Beaky, uh, Apollo Creed, uh, you know, almost a famous name in in movies played by Weathers. They've, they've got a Creed. Yeah. Creed has now become almost the Rocky of this generation. First of all, how fitting. Yeah. Second of all, what are your thoughts on Creed? I know that uh, I know that they kind of Stallone parted ways with um, Michael B. Jordan in his the third one. Do you think yeah. that it's going to have the same legs or staying power? What are your thoughts on the legacy of Creed? Yeah, it's interesting. I think it's sort of a testament to Carl Weathers' performance as well. Like, he's such a big part of that first Creed movie, even though he's not even in it. Like, the character passed away in Rocky Four, but he's still such a such an important part of the movies. But well, I think the Creed movies are actually really so. I like what Michael B. Jordan has done. He's sort of taken on Sly's role. Like, Michael B. Jordan directed Creed Three. He's sort mm. of taking control of that franchise. So I think they're really solid movies. I don't know if they're as classic as sort of the Rocky movies, but I think for, for a sequel, for a sequel that was made nearly like 30 years after the original, I think that they're pretty solid movies. I agree. I, I, I resisted watching it for a long time because I was such a Rocky, particularly these first two. It, it does fall off a cliff. You're right, Liam, when it hit the eighties. Yeah. So yes. Jump the shark there. Oh, yeah. see, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a big Rocky three fan. Club of Lane. I know. I did, I did, it, it jumped the shark when the robot came in for me. Oh yeah. That was a robot bit, yeah. really. I love the thunder. But that said though, that said, yeah, I like Rocky, Rocky four though as well. The start of Rocky four when when Apollo dies. That scene. Like, yeah, actually, we back and watch that. That was. That's hey, heavy. Hey, that's well, very th- heavy. Well, I think that really shows you how good that Polo Creed character is. Because look at the first. In the first two films, he's the villain. Mm. But he transpires so much as his character grows and the charisma of the man, which he does Kyle Weathers, by four, yeah. when he dies, people shed a tear. Well, you, you know and that's I... on Rocky III. When he, when he takes him back to yeah. his old school gym in L.A. and you, you see yeah. where he traded, like, oh, my, yeah. Le- Liam. But you know, what, you know what I like about the Rocky movie? So, like, even if by today's fight movie standards, like the... The, the fight scenes aren't that believable. Mm. But it, <laughs> it get really, like, particularly the first two, it really gets into the psychology of, of the boxer. Sure, it's sure It's really, does. really well, clever. Well, I reckon Apollo is so good, Webby. If you look at, like, Liam, how he plays both. In, in the first, in the Rocky one, where he's the high flyer who does not give Rocky respect... It's almost like he plays Floyd Mayweather before Floyd Mayweather. That's right. You know that? Yeah. In Rocky 2, it's it's almost like, 
you know, the the Muhammad Ali, the angry Muhammad Ali, who everyone's written off, and he's going to prove a yeah. point. It's a real. He's he. The nuance is very very clever. Yeah, he's a great performer. Like the movie's so good because you can empathise with what um, Apollo's going through. Like people are sort of giving him crap because they think the fight was rigged mm. and like mm. this up and comer had it like no chance of beating him and he went ten rounds with him. So mm. you saw it, he's really good at playing that part of the character as well, where you actually you understand his motivations for going into this fight as well. So he's, he's just a great performer, Carl Weathers. Fellas, a question. The training montage in Rocky Two, you know, kids chasing him up the stairs of Philadelphia the Town Hall. Is that the greatest, just about the greatest montage in cinema history? It's probably going to yeah. be the, one of the greatest sports montages ever. Yeah. They're probably the fair. greatest. They're all fair. Every Rocky montage is unbelievable. Hey, mate, the set, you know, like uh, going to fly now. Yeah. You know, that, it's just incredible. There, there, there was analysis done by Rocky fans <laughs> and Philadelphia locals. Have you heard this, Liam? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they they went, okay. Where has Rocky run with eight hundred kids chasing him? And they so they said, if he went past all those landmarks in Philly, he would actually have run in that in that in that training montage. 30.2 miles, which is four miles more than a marathon. <laughs> that's that's for, for a stuff. That's, 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 that's why he wins in the last. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Because he gets up in those tired legs. Liam, my next question, everyone to answer. Is Paulie the most annoying brother-in-law in movie history? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he has yeah. to be up there for yeah. sure. Oh, well, I've got a soft spot for Paulie. So Paulie, do I. Because, you know, in the fir- is it the first one? Is it the first one where, like, he sort of, he break. He gets emotional because he never made it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. life. That see that. Oh, I love that part. But he, Paulie in in one is. I hate Paulie. Despicable. In one. He's despicable. He becomes <laughs> lovable in two, three, and four. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. Except in about him. except in four. When he, he he signs that check to the accountant and they lose all their and money. That's yeah, very well, annoying. And doesn't he have? Doesn't he have some, like. Sexual relationship with the robot as well, isn't oh, there? It's like ben. where he's kind hey, of like, hey, hey Ben, I don't know yeah. what you dream about every night. <laughs> oh, no. There's a little, there's a moment hey, where he's kind of in love with part. the robot. Oh, it's a family show, I Ben. I love you, love him. Boys, Liam, is it straightforward? Does Rocky win the film? Because in my opinion, like he was, uh, he was interviewed a few years ago, Sylvester Stallone, and he said the films are as much about Adrian Tully Shire as they are about Rocky. What's your thoughts? Oh yeah. I think, yeah, I don't think Talia Shire gets enough credit for how good she is as Adrian. I think mm. she, she, she's sort of the heart and soul of the movies. I don't think Rocky would be as lovable as a character if she wasn't as good as Adrian. So I think, I think she sort of elevates those movies as much as, as Sly does. I disagree because she wasn't even at the final fight. Oh, I know, mate. she brushed it. And yeah, but you know why? Because she was filming another movie. And didn't make herself available for filming in the final fight. Hey, That's why they had to go, oh, she's at home. She's at home. Mate, if you can't turn up for your husband's big fight against Apollo. Hey, hey, listen, mate. <laughs> let's, let's not pull the curtain back. As we know, mate, she was in a coma for a complicated childbirth. Oh, mate. Exactly. Uh, that's exactly it. Liam, <laughs> fellas, a score out of 100. I give, I give it 98. Yeah, I'm going to give Rocky 2 a, a 90. I'll give it 95. There we go. Yeah, fellas. 90. Why not? 92. Uh, Maestro, what are you thinking? Yeah, he says he says 101. Uh, right, uh, what we're going to do now? We're going to uh, take a break, and we're going to pay tribute to the great Carl Weathers next. He's hooking. He's hooking. Damn, Rod, come on! What's the matter with you? Tomorrow, 
There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. We've got Liam Alexander on the uh, line. We're just, we just spoke about Rocky too. We're paying tribute to the great Carl Weathers, AKA Apollo Creed. About to do the three greatest performances from uh, Carl, but heard a great interview the other day from Empire Magazine about four or five years ago. What a lovely man. So humble, but he told a great story. He said Rocky had Rocky, the original Rocky had just stopped filming and there was a real buzz about it. So he said he was he was out and about one day. He was in uh, he was in L.A. and he's on the beach. And all of a sudden, this young blonde headed guy comes up and says to Carl Weathers, hey, uh, hey, it's really nice to meet you. Carl Weathers. Yeah, he goes, I'm hearing a lot of buzz around this movie, the boxing movie. Some people are saying it's going to be as big as Jaws. And Carl Weathers goes, well, we, that's what we're hoping. You know, he goes, it felt really good. And he goes, yeah, I'm. I'm halfway through shooting a movie too, which we're hoping will be as big as Jaws. And Carl Weathers said he thought to himself, oh, yeah. okay, yeah, good on you, young fella. He said, uh, he said, uh, what, anyway, what's your name? And he said, Mark Hamill. Oh, <laughs> oh, no way. Small film. Yes. Small film. Small world. <laughs> uh, best three performances, Liam. Uh, rattling through from, uh, from Carl Weathers. Uh, number three for me is a bit of an obscure one. It's his last role. He played this bounty hunter in The Mandalorian, the TV show. Yes. He directed yeah. a few of the episodes as well. He's such a great character in that show. And like in that in that Star Wars world, he, he plays a really good bounty hunter. Yeah. Um, number two, I had Apollo. Uh, not much more can be said. We've sort of talk, spoken about how good he is in those movies. But number one for me, it's Chubbs in Happy Gilmore. Yeah. <laughs> he, is, he is. It is. I think whenever I think of a mentor in film or TV or anything, I always think of Chubbs for some reason. Yeah. Like, he is such a good character in that movie. Just the way he says, like, just tap it in. Just keep him attention. It's all in the hips. <laughs> he has so many good lines in that movie. Fellas? Uh, my, my, my three, I'm going to go a little obscure here. I'm not going to name any Rocky films. I don't. Ooh. This is one I watched with my dad and my granddad growing up, Force 10 from Navarone. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah, with, oh, Har- wow. with Harrison Ford, Robert Shaw, uh, obviously Carl Weathers and the legendary Italian actor Franco Nero. Um, this this is just one of the great, that really great action war films that like Kelly's Heroes and stuff. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's fantastic. Um, then I'm going to say one that my brother and I watched nonstop. It's Trust me, this is not a great film, but it's a great action film from the 80s, Action Jackson. Oh, Action Jackson. Action Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Action Jackson, say that quick. Um, and then my number one, it's, you know, it's, I would say it's top three movies for me of all time. It's Predator. And as, uh, and as the great mm. Dylan, he is, um, he is <laughs> unbelievable. And, and they're showing it at the uh, Orpheum up here in Cremorne in memory of Carl wow. Weathers at the end of the month. And uh, yeah. I'll be well, there. He had a story about that in that interview where he said, Schwarzenegger had his own key, he had his own gym. Anyway, he found where the key was, and Schwarzenegger was so frustrated because he was going. He said to Carl Weathers, "Yeah, Carl Weathers was literally getting bigger and shot." Mm. And Carl, he said, "What have you been doing?" He goes, I, "I just don't train." Unbeknownst to him, Carl Weathers was going down every night at midnight and training for about two hours. To, and like, Schwarzenegger was literally going, "This guy's free." Yeah, <laughs> and, he, and apparently, um, Carl Weathers went on set, and Schwarzenegger's, you know, there. You know, rip Smokey's big stogies, and he's like, you know, Carl, have some of this. And Carl's like, please, I'm an athlete because he was obviously played, you know, American football and stuff. Don't touch cigarettes. Don't touch cigars. 
Carl Weather said by the end of that shoot, he was three or four a day. <laughs> used to go with Schwarzenegger from then on to his oh. cigar lounge in LA and just sit there smoking oh, stogies. Yeah. Loves the gaspers. Boys? Uh, Mandalorian, I think he's outstanding in that. Obviously, Rocky. Uh, and happy Gilmore for me too. Yeah. The, the scene yeah. with that, it's all in the hips. It's all <laughs> in the hips. It is just like, I, I'll home. never, ever forget. How, I couldn't believe something was so funny when I first watched that. Uh, oh. I've, got, I've got Rocky Four. For mm. head, like I know he's only in it at the start, but I reckon that's the best acting from him mm. across all of it. Mm. Then Predator, then Happy Gilmore, which I probably spent about an hour going through clips on YouTube. Of, of <laughs> There's a fun, you know, when at the very the, like we first appears and he's there sitting there in the chair while the the girls there like missing the ball. And he's like going, yeah, that's it. Get me down. Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. I've, I've gone the, probably number one is the first Rocky because I reckon Rocky. I think it's probably easier to act angry. Than it is the nuance of as, as he did in in Rocky One, Rocky Four, of course, only in it for a short time. But that dance scene with James Brown and yeah. living in America <laughs> is just a great yeah. scene. But you know when he's when he's in trouble, and he looks at his wife. That that was that's oh, so yeah, oh, so strong. I can't, I can't watch I can't watch his death. Like it's one of those ones you now go. Oh, I don't want to. Mm. I'll, I'll fast forward that part. It's a bit like mm. old Bambi, isn't it? Yeah, it, is. it is. That, it that is. should be the new thing. Oh, it's like killing Carl Weathers. Yeah. Uh, number one, oh, I've got, yeah, <laughs> sorry, uh, Happy Gilmore. Forget Chubbs Peterson because, as people say, they say comedy's hard, and Matey pulled it off. Yeah, Liam, you're a champion. Thank you, mate. No, oh, thanks, guys. Thanks right. for that. There he goes, Liam Alexander. Where he goes to, we don't know, but he's gone. We'll take a break now. <laughs> Ben's beef coming up next. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, Morning Glory Jeopardy coming up top of the third hour. Uh, Legends of the English Premier League. Uh, Maestro won't be playing. Uh, otherwise, we'd have to handicap him because he is a genius when it comes to the round ball. Still, is he mourning from Klopp? Still, are you mourning yeah. still? You look a bit sad. Yeah, you do look sad. Sad clown. <laughs> uh, people, new segment, Ben's Beef. I was thinking more of a bit of a Ben's beef being the cow getting the old stun gun. Well, well, we, uh, well, we, well we just sort that up today. Like, what do you think? Is it Does it stay or does it go? It's very close to Beak's Best Bits. And oh. it's very close. You've got to understand, Enter Sandman is the run yeah. home, Joel and Fletch. Uh, yeah. Are you saying they put you to sleep? <laughs> oh, <laughs> shot oh, oh, hey, you said it. Oh, my God. SCN in fighting. Holy. Righto, Benny. What do you got for us? Okay, mate. Ben's beef. I'm going to uh, say that my beef this week is with you, Matthew. People don't like – fans don't like it when you give it to the host. Mate, they do. <laughs> they do when I give it to you. I, I've, I've worked with you now for oh – God. Nine years, I think it is. Oh, that goes quick. And I've and I've I've looked up to you as you know a father figure, a mentor, <laughs> all these wonderful things. And then your performance in the quiet, relaxed town of Las Vegas oh, was 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 despicable. <laughs> and you made my job very very difficult. Uh, even when you did show up, you didn't show up, and it was it was tough. It was really tough, and poor Leon and I, absent father, had to mate. We had to work <laughs> harder than we normally work, which isn't a lot, but we had to work a lot because of you. Mm. 
and that's my uh, beef. Well, I'll just step in there. One of the things I didn't do, I aimed up everywhere, even when I was really <laughs> physically sick, such as on that roller coaster ride with Nilly Alpha. It's never a good sign when the host of an award-winning show, radio and television, is vomiting into a bin in front of kids. Yeah. But – There was about 50 people watching you vomiting into the a bin. <laughs> the only thing I didn't do was the – yeah, the, the – Speed Vegas. Speed Vegas, which That's was – That's a car racing thing. Car everyone. racing. People oh, yeah. going yeah. Yeah. What, what 220 kilometres an hour around. I, if I was totally sober, I wouldn't have done it anyway, Benny. Because I can't drive a manual. And if anyone was going to crash, it would have been so me. So I gave Matthew on – when we're going to Speed Vegas, it is driving exotic cars, Lamborghinis sort of thing. And we all know Matthew behind a wheel is a little bit dubious. So I went, you know what, mate, I caught him and I knew that he was a bit rough. And I said, don't don't, don't worry. I've got Fletch, Heidi, Gordy. They love it. I'll just take them. No, 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 no. I'll come. <laughs> so he, 15 minutes later, he comes walking down, like warmed up death, gets in, gets in the back car on the way, on the way out. To the thing, he's he's like a Benny, Benny oh, no. looking at me in the back seat. The window is coming <laughs> down. He goes, "Mate, pull over, pull over." The Uber driver won't pull over because we're on a highway, oh, <laughs> so it's not. So, oh no! And he's just going and like Heidi no. is trying to move across. <laughs> so but just show, that shows you people, you know, <laughs> a person that goes above and beyond pushes through yeah. adversity oh, wait, and the wall. You got to Speed Vegas and you went and slept on a couch upstairs. <laughs> The guy looked after me. He goes, "You don't look well, man." I said, "I won't be driving today. I won't be." If he goes, you, I've got, got a bed for you. If you got behind a car that can do, you know, three hundred miles an hour, that would have been because what we had originally planned was you were going to do um, the the drifting, the police car drifting, oh, which, which, ups, which in like you're not obviously driving. You'll just be in the passenger seat, so it's going to upset your tummy. Would have been drifting his And pants. so we went. Right, there is drifted all the way to bloody uh, oh, California. Like, I just I just looked bloody at the other. I looked at our <laughs> poor old other producer Leon. And I said, "Mate, he's not doing this." To which Fletch just came out of me. He goes, "He's not doing it, but Leon is." So poor old Leon was in the. <sighs> Car right. spewing but, his guts off. But, <laughs> but seriously, like it's amazing. Like it, I think that's sort of emblematic of Vegas in the fact that you have got just people coming in off the street and driving cars 220, 250 kilometers yeah. an hour track. They're they wild. They do not care. And like they, it wasn't just affecting me; it was also affecting the other no. other crew. There was a moment we walked into Heart Attack Grill, no. and we're filming, and out of nowhere, Matthew just turns and walks out of frame, so it ruins the shot. And I've just gone, where is he gone? Anyway, then the sound, oh, poor old Dustin, who's an American guy. So Americans are, you know, professional, ex- professional, <laughs> excessively polite. He comes up, takes off his um, his, like his headphones, he goes, uh, I don't think Matthew's well, puts it on. I can already hear what's happening in the bathroom. The vomiting that was happening <laughs> was just, he's the, loud, he's the loudest dry heaver you've ever heard. And I just and I lost it at this point, and I went into the other three boys, and I just said, "You give me f and three days. That's all I asked for." <laughs> and they all looked at me, and poor old Gordon had never heard me speak like that. And he's like, "Okay, okay, no worries." That bloody food poisoning, eh? Oh, oh food poisoning! It's you. terrible. It's, it's, it's all the bad food over in Vegas. Blown up over there. Prawn pizza. I, I, it was the first day was of shooting. There was a Benny blow up. Mm. Close to a belly. They, they were filming many, it, so how, we got it on. Yeah. How um how often have you blown up over the? I would maybe one in me a, a year. Well, one of the ones you said about Dustin, Dusty, 
who, mm. you know, if, if you see Dusty is the most Midwestern American you'd ever see, and he's such a champion, nice guy. Two days in, I'm watching Dusty, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I, he's doing the sound. He's hearing everything, right? I went up and said, hey, Dusty, you okay? He goes, man, you guys are animals, right? I went, okay. <laughs> but shows you the charm of the crew. By day four, I went up and said, you okay, Dusty? And he goes, Maddie, he goes, I'm having the most fun in my working life. I <laughs> remember when he Loved left, it. he was nearly in tears. Then sent, <laughs> he sent a uh, he, uh, text message back. He said to going like this beautiful message saying how much he enjoyed it. But his, let's just say that his day, his trip was ended. The last shoot, he ended with standing there whilst Nathan Heimarsh took off a used G-string. <laughs> and the first thing he did was put it in a ball and threw it at Dustin. <laughs> Hit him in the face and then landed on his sound gear. And, Dust- and Dustin's like, oh, my God. Did he, uh, was he ripping in by the end? Dusty? No, no. No, he was very, very professional. Very, very professional. But, you know, you can imagine you imagine after, you know, six days of this sort of behaviour – when Matthew got on the the roller coaster ride at um, the Stratosphere and was not in not in a good way, Fletch and Heidi, it was almost like karma had returned, and they were loving <laughs> watching <laughs> him go through what about, absolute hell. What about the toughest <laughs> man in one of the toughest men in rugby league history? Gordon Tallis is locked into this thing. Go to water. Has a panic attack and it starts screaming, "Get me out! No. Get me out!" And he's like, "It doesn't go down. It doesn't go down." The boy's like, "Just move your legs forward, mate. You're pushing it up." He's like, "No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not." <laughs> and, he, and he gets up and he walks. He walked. He walks. Oh, the raging and then, bull. And then he's down there. And then he goes back down to the uh, the people, like the you know the five foot you know kids about to get on the ride. He's like. See, 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 trying to like tell yeah. everyone that, oh, this <laughs> is why I got off. Trying to spook off. the kids, go, mate, you could die on that thing. <laughs> right, uh, we'll, uh, we'll take a break. Morning Glory Jeopardy coming up pretty soon. Yeah, welcome back to Morning Glory. Uh, pretty soon we're going to do a morning, uh, <clears throat> morning Glory Jeopardy. Uh, tell a couple of morning glories here. Uh, English too should be disgusted. And then after a uh, bit of a uh, some season predictions, but uh, Maestro, big news about Liverpool. Jurgen Klopp uh, going to move on. Did it surprise you? Very much so. And you can talk about his time at the club, but he's said now that he's not going to coach anywhere else in England. He's tied to Liverpool forever. And I think now Liverpool fans will have two focuses. One is trying to win the Premier League at the end of the year. They've got a two-point lead over City. City have a game in hand and all their players back. So that's a big challenge. Lost to Arsenal over the weekend. Um, That's going to be a massive challenge. But then to remember and celebrate what he's done because he has dragged them from a club that were competing on the fringes of Europe into perennial title contenders, which is where they should be. That's what Liverpool are. Pep? Pep or? Xavier Alonso. Who's better? Oh. Boom. Hit you with it. There it was. Yeah, that's a big question. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm, what I come here for. Pep edges it, but it's very, very close. Yeah. Even with the Man City resources, he yeah. Klopp yeah. took yeah. Liverpool yeah. with Barcelona. nothing. Barcelona. What about uh, he's uh, got that behind him Xavier as well. Alonso? Will he take over? Yes, he I, I think there's no doubt. Xavi Alonso, yeah. perfect fit. What about there. timing, quickly? The timing of it all. Good, bad. Good for Liverpool. Okay. Ultimately. Right up, right people. Going. Uh, anyway, we're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, people. It is that time of the day. Morning glory. Jeopardy. I love it too. I love it too, Webby. It's awesome. And today we have got, uh, if you like the world, the world game, I was going to say the round ball game, the round world game, uh, legends of the English 
Premier League, English soccer, of course. Webby, first question to you. Hang on, what if you hate the round ball game? Oh, well, oh, hey, wow. let me tell you something. Soccer Sorry, fans, football fans it. can be very aggressive, Webby. I've, I've noticed. Cyclists, Hey, I'm, I'm the A-League's friend. I came out swinging for him saying... There's no, you know, there's no crowd violence. Be careful. And then about three weeks later, that they stormed the field in Melbourne. Yeah, as we always say in sport, just a few bad eggs. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Webby. Yeah. The first question to you: Who was the first Australian to win a Premier League title? Uh, Craig Johnson. Incorrect, mate. What's the FA Cup? What Pre- am I talking Premier about? League, Premier no, League. Premier League. Let me answer it again. Can I? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, no, well, but sorry, it I doesn't it. count. I, I corrected myself. Oh, here we go. Yeah, the, but the we don't have to pay for your yeah. mistakes. Don't, <laughs> you don't get the points back, but you can redeem yourself. Premier, first Premier League title. Was it Bozza? No, it no? wasn't. It was Robbie Slater with Blackburn Slater. Rovers. Oh, you, you didn't remember yeah. Slater. Everyone here knew Slater. Is that was your yeah. show favourite? Oh, I love it. He's all, yeah. Here he goes. <laughs> oh, it doesn't take long. Absolutely. He is. Good on. You better get this one right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He is filthy. Denon, I'm gonna I'm gonna channel Tony Barber here. Who am I? I'm a Frenchman who firstly won a title at Leeds before moving to Manchester United and winning countless amounts Cantona. of tri- Eric Cantona is correct. Oh, well done. Half volley on off stump. That's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Work Come again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blake, oh, Blake Solly. Uh, <laughs> he said, what did you say about Campbell Graham? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ben. Yeah. Our very own Mark Bosnich played for three Premier League clubs. Name two. Obviously Manchester United. One. Yep. And let's go here. Let's say... Uh... Blackburn Rovers. Correct. Man, you guys suck. Manchester United, you're right. Aston Villa or Chelsea. That was so uh, easy, that one. Did Bosnich win a title with United? Yes. He did. So I was sort of there. He was the first ever player that Manchester United brought back. So he was Manchester United. It was a young player returned to Australia and then went to uh, Aston Villa and they brought him back. Him and... uh, as he, he and uh, Fergie didn't have, had, a, had a problematic relationship. He's, had some, he's got some wild stories, Bozzer, of that time. Bozzer, I don't believe it. Yeah. Especially when it's Chelsea. The, there was the, a Stevie, bit... the Stevie Wonder story. Like, oh, no. yeah. <laughs> I, we won't talk about that. I, I backed that up. I, was, I mate, saw that doco mate. under those shades. I don't know. Mate, he's looking around. He's looking around. He's looking around. Oh, no. He looked curious. Hi, Lionel. Hi, Michael. Yeah. Lionel. Mate, <laughs> uh, Michael Jackson was that. Hey, Lionel. Hey, Lionel. <laughs> Lionel, we're talking about Lionel Messi, Lionel Richie. But back to the back to the uh, round ball game. Uh, Webbo, <laughs> yep. Ke- the great Kevin Keegan. Easy this one. <sighs> I've really just batting this one up for you. Is an Ang- English football legend. Mm. Uh, name an English club he played for, and name a club he managed. United. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to let you start then. Oh. Now let's talk about let's talk about firstly as a player. Okay, he, he played for he played for four clubs yes. in England. Who were they? Oh, I got no. Know. Just one. Just give me one. Just give me one. Kevin Keegan. Mm. I'm hearing the name for the first time as well. No, I know no. the name. But didn't he play for United? No. 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 We're going to ignore you said that. <laughs> just, Liverpool? You've said it twice. Okay, Liverpool, you got it. Yeah. You got it. It's yeah, Liverpool. Good, now, name a team he managed. United. 
I'm kidding. Um, Arsenal? No, incorrect. <laughs> now, <laughs> I'm just giving you the answer. To me. I'm he going, said Newcastle. As a player, why don't, play- you, why don't you enunciate a bit better, Maestro? Mate, we know Newcastle. who everyone's favourite is. Yeah. We know who everyone's favourite is. Webby gets you about four cracks of the question. When you were doing your mouth like that, that was Maddie in Vegas. This is, these are <laughs> gimmies. These are gimmies. <laughs> Serious gimmies. So as a player, Kevin Keegan was Liverpool, Southampton, Scuns, Scunthorpe United, oh, Newcastle, and one European player of the year at Hamburg. Oh, well. that's right. Yeah. As a manager, he was Newcastle, Fulham, and Manchester City. But he was unravelling by the is time. Hamburg, is, he nice, is Hamburg where the name Hamburger came from? That's a very good question. Mm, wait, well, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe they land the city you know after the, let's, the delicacy. Let's do that the next point. <laughs> okay. hey, have a look. We'll As you were it. saying that, a uh, hamburger from a fast food restaurant came up on the screen. I wonder if hey, you're interested not, in sponsoring a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right now. Ah, uh, God. Here we go. My, account, my accountant's a big ramble um, game fan, and he's absolutely hammering me here. I oh, see. Mm. Does he know about your BMW yet yeah. or not? He's hammering no, about he paying. Your, <laughs> no. He's hammering about you paying your taxes. Yeah. That's what he's doing. Uh, okay, uh, Denon to uh, Ben. No, no, I'll go to you on this one, Denon. It is Denon's turn. Yeah, it's your turn. But I'm going to switch questions. This one. Oh. Okay, which player played for Aston Villa, Manchester United, and Sydney FC? Dwight York. Oh, well done. He did all night, Dwight. Yes, that's right. Him Thank and uh, him and Bozza were teammates at Aston Villa. You scoot up to swashbuckle and shenanigans. Ooh. Okay, d- uh, to you, Benny. Which Portuguese player was signed by Manchester United from Sporting Lisbon? Ronaldo. Correct. Oh A little bit of information. God. There's two Ronaldos. Uh, Cristiano. That's right. Not you know why? Because he's the, the only player I know from Portugal. Oh, do you? That's yeah, going to be the easiest Unbelievable. What do you got against Portuguese people? I, d- I don't... Nothing against oh, I'd be very careful, mate. Obrigado. Very, very careful. Portuguese, amazing food. I love their tempers. chicken. Their chicken's fantastic. Oh, please, mate. Porto. <laughs> it's, sorry, it's fantastic. I wonder if they're after podcast. Webo, to you. David Beckham. Yeah. He played for six clubs in his career, both in England and abroad. Name me three. United. You got it. United <laughs> one. Uh, Real. Real Madrid, too. Another one abroad. Um, uh, LA Galaxy. Well done, Webby. See, my accountant. I was there saying, were, sorry, there were three others. Yeah, yeah he said, so, said three yeah, of the six. Go, that, was, that wasn't included in the Beckham documentary. What's that? No, it was. What were the three others? He played for Manchester United, Preston North End, went out on loan. Right. Real Madrid, LA Galaxy, AC Milan, Paris Saint Germain. Oh, the AC Milan was, yeah, correct. He had two stints there. What about my accountant? He just texted LA Galaxy. There it is. Thanks. Hey, 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 hey. What's his name? Fat Abacus. Fat? Sammy. What about that Webby just openly admits to cheating, but we just let it slide? It's just crazy. I know yeah, you're getting. Don't take this game I seriously. I know. I know. And I Set. take. You know what it is? Because I don't take you seriously. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. what's, the, what's, the, what's the score? <laughs> score is uh, Denon's got two. Webby's got one. And I've got one. And you got one. Ooh. Okay. Pressure on this. This is. Oh no, you're out. Oh, you're here gone. we go. This I'm is right. radio. Denon. Mm-hmm. French great Thierry Henry played for five clubs in England and abroad. Name me four. Arsenal. One. Barcelona. Two. Um, Come on, Mr. Football. 
Arsenal, Barcelona two. Give me another two. Come, Mr. Ramble game. Um, oh, PSG maybe. No, incorrect. It was Barcelona, Barcelona, Monaco, Juventus, and that great side with all that history, New York Red Bulls. <laughs> oh, New York Red Bulls, something. Oh, here we go. He's getting another phone call. Jeez, I tell you, mix in high places. Oh, How are you enjoying? That one won't be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Um, okay, Ben. What did I write? Ben, to you. Now, you've got to force this to a tiebreaker, Ben. Yep. Okay. Name one club that Harry Kuehl played for in the A-League. He played for one club in the A-League. It was... He played for two. Give me one. Melbourne. Yeah, I'll accept that because it's Melbourne victory and Melbourne heart. So yeah, well that's, that's what I knew it was a Melbourne. Yeah. Guess what, people? We're going to a tiebreaker. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll yeah, I, I'm, very, I'm very confident going into this. Ben, okay. play or pass? You know what? I'm going to pass and put the pressure on Beak. Sweet. Okay. Which club did Harry Kuehl play most games for? Both... Here and abroad. Which club did he play most games for? Um, I'll just say... Melbourne victory? No, incorrect. Okay, Melbourne victory, 25 games. Melbourne Hearts, 16 games. Liverpool, 93. Galatasaray, 83. Leeds, 181. Oh, my God. There we go. So, Ben, you are the winner. Wow. Wow. I didn't think I was going to be winning game. this week. The last, <laughs> I, at least I play by the rules, mate. Yeah. <laughs> You're a fair play, man. Uh, this last tiebreaker is one almost for uh, for the obscure uh, follower of football. Uh, you like this one, uh, Maestro. What famous English singer in an iconic band is the cousin of Irish international Robbie Keane? It was Morrissey from the Smiths. Oh. There you go. That is there you go. your, there you go. Anyway, that's your a, opinion. Such an upbeat guy too, Mike. Yeah, oh, mate. Fun. Love him. Roy Keane also known you know for what? his upbeat nature. You know what? That's who I was mi- <laughs> Roy Keane. I was mixing up Kevin Keegan with Roy Keane. Ah, see, this is Roy. Oh, it all makes sense. That's why he didn't win. This is Roy, Roy Keane just likes to punch heads, doesn't he? He's one of the great pundits in the game at the moment. Big, oh, right. Right. big, rugby, le- big rugby league fan. Yeah. Yes. My, my dear friend Brian Carney, it was a rugby league dinner and he was the guest speaker. Was it, would you, how would much you, he loves the game. Would you call him the in that team, he was obviously a very good player, but he's also an enforcer. Was he an enforcer? Yeah, he was oh, an enforcer. Yeah. There's he, only probably he one protected guy that's over bit, him. Didn't he? You know the guy in Lockstock, Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels? Uh, yeah, the he, Vinnie Jones. Vinnie Jones, Jones, yeah. He's the only guy that probably put it over Roy Keane in his whole career. Yeah, yeah. There's... there's um, great story he told my mate Brian how he was cut from Manchester United. He was talking about how ruthless Fergie is. Anyway, he was sort of getting to a point in his career, but he was the driving force through all that success in the midfield. And he said uh, he got called to a meeting with Martin Edwards, who's CEO, and he said, oh, the manager just wants him to give you something and put a piece of paper there. And Roy Keane pulled it over to his side of the desk and it was basically, you terminated, you're leaving. Wow. And he went, wow. you're telling me for everything I've done for the gaffer, that's how he gets rid of me. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, I do want to finish on down, but that's just the way I roll. We'll take a break. <laughs> Sound advice coming up soon. Yeah, welcome back to Morning Glory. About to uh, do a few uh, predictions, talking about uh, how we think certain sides are going to go. But before we do that, breaking news, Ben. Yeah, huge news. Um, Beak raised this before. He asked if the hamburger mm. came from the city of Hamburg in Germany. Well, it does. 
There you go, boys. There you go. That's why I'm here. There you go, Matthew. Okay, here's the question. The Hamburglar. Was he known <laughs> as Hamburg for stealing hamburgers or was he a break and enter merchant in the city of Hamburg? <laughs> <That's> a... <laughs> I think he's uh, like like the gobble dog, he stole a certain food. The gobble dog? Yeah. <laughs> gobble Can I dog. Say Dude, doc. Do, whatever. Dog or doc? Gobble dog. I don't know. No, it's doc. Doc? doc. What happened gobble to the dog? We still yeah. talk about it. Where did it happen to him? What? Died of cholesterol. Oh, um, chippies. What about uh, <laughs> Very good. What have happened to the junior burger? These days it's just the cheeseburger. Like, could Don't I have a junior burger anymore? No, yeah, because you got well, you've you've got the cheeseburger. You remove the cheese and you have the hamburger. But the junior burger they've just tossed, so you get a hamburger for a kid. I'm going to yeah. go through drive through day and just go. Excuse me, guys. Could I have a cheeseburger with no cheese? Hence, a junior burger. And watch one of these young whippersnappers just go, I don't know what you're talking about now. Ha! <laughs> no, they'll probably say, oh the two known God, as the guy. junior burger. <laughs> yeah. Say that to them. Oh, God. Oh, it's good yeah. to have a laugh, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, season not fight, boys. Okay. Thoughts on the Bulldogs this year? Uh, I'll say, I, I can see some, I, I see some serious improvement in them. Great pickup in Crichton. A uh, couple of other good players, Blakey Taff and uh, uh, so on. But the most important thing is they've just – those big signings they've got, they've got to – like, they have to aim up. I thought last year, that, like Cameron Sorrell and the Bulldogs, Gus bought guys like Reed Marnie, Matt Burton and William Kikau to really elevate and show all the other young blokes the way. I thought – I thought it went the other way. Yeah. I, oh, I yeah. thought that the struggles of the club really dragged those guys well, down. I think – I think that this year uh, is going to be another really, really tough year for the Dogs. Uh, I actually, I almost, look, the signings aren't going to be irrelevant. That's being a bit dramatic. But just their forward pack is not equipped to get the best out of their, their big key signings. Mm. Uh, but what is interesting, what is interesting, if you look at all their junior grades, they uh, won Jersey Flag, they won Harold Matthews, yeah. they were at top of the table last year in New South Wales Cup before the injuries hit. So until they get that forward pack sorted with that next generation that's coming through, which Gus Gould has uh, yeah. talked about, I don't think we're going to see the best out of their signings until the forward pack what, is sorted. What really so, uh, I'm interested in having a look at, Webby, is Stephen Crichton. Yeah. Uh, they're brought in to play fullback. In my opinion, I think that would be a mistake. He's the best defensive centre in the competition. Uh, and just – and, like, there's two sides of the game. When I was seeing him play fullback, like, he'd, ex- he'd go very good. There's no doubt about it. But – He's a he's an interesting body type for a fullback. That makes sense. He's got the height and that, but he's high hipped. Mm. You know, people say what's that? But you know, on kick returns, you know, players oftentimes kick chase get underneath him, push him back. I just think, you know, in the set that left centre or right centre position, you can he can play both. He is just incredible player and the Bulldogs, Webby. My God, they've got him cheap. From when they signed him, from from when they signed him, and what he's done since the back half of last year, he was close to the best player in the competition. A- absolutely, I, I like. I know Kikau spent a lot of last year injured, but the way he finished off the season, he's you know they'll be expecting more out of him. There's a lot to be said from for buying players. Like I know, I know that you know that that um, you're obviously going to go after the premiers. But from getting a player that's had all that success and climbed the mountain, you know, three years in a row, when they come to a lesser club, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like that got... desire isn't there as, as much as it used to well, be. Well, you look at Reed. You, know? you look at Reed. Like, when Reed Money went there, right, Reed was shadowing Harry Grant and those guys right up their clacker as far as getting that Queensland State of Origin jersey. Mm. He started the year, I thought, really good at the Bulldogs. 
game by game away. by game, yeah. he let his standards drop. I thought his defence was really poor. And and Matty Burton, you know, I, I thought Matty Burton, who essentially is the run of the football, Matty Burton, you could see halfway through the year, he, it's a difficult thing to say. I was going to say he allowed his confidence to dwindle away, but... It, yeah, must he, be, he, it must be hard to go, come from, like, all those players that have come from Penrith to the Dogs. You know what I mean? Like I, it's, I will it's, say... It's, it's, I, it's, it's, it must be tough psychologically to get yourself up knowing, you know, you're in the middle in a, in a rebuilding club. I mean, again, I know Kikau was out for a lot of last year with injury, but he went to that club as the best back rower in the game. Oh, look, I, yeah. I do think, though, in, in Seraldo and the Dogs' defence, I think that when you look at the fact that since 2021, there is literally no one still in that top 30 that's yeah. in it today. And so when last year, when, when you know, it hit the fan... They had nothing to really anchor themselves on yeah. in the forward pack, and that's that's the key for me. Is like, mm. they you know Luke Thompson was in and out with his injuries. They yeah. you know were rotating forwards all the time. Whereas, you know Burton, I, I don't. It's not really talked about enough how reliant players are on their front row. Like yeah, it, it is so important, and it gives it gives other players confidence when their front rows can dominate a game. And I just feel like they didn't. I, have that I think there'd be I think there'd be quite a bit of improvement. Um, I I think that. Cameron Sorrello's, you know, had a year his feet under the desk. He'll understand the players a lot more. He'll understand the shortcomings, what they need to do. If they can get off to a decent start, you know, when I say decent start, two from four and start to get a little bit of momentum, I, I see them. I see them moving up into the middle table. I don't see them playing finals football, right? I can see them finish around 10th, mm. which I think at this point the Bulldogs would be a good result. I, If I'm... You know, Seraldo heading to this year, and funnily enough, I'm pretty sure. So the Penrith used a defensive system that he created. The Warriors use it now. The Bulldogs are trying to implement it. But I would be building my whole identity around defence. Absolutely. I wouldn't even look. If we lose every game 12-10 and we come second last, I would. I'd be okay with that yep. because if you build your game around defence, it gives you so much confidence, and it's something to anchor yourself on. It's and, it's a something you deliver each and, week. And Beak, it is symbolic of desire. If you want to measure desire and hunger, you measure it through defence. Right? When a side lacks motivation or they haven't got that fire in the belly, haven't got what it takes, you'll see they'll bleed points. Mm. Other sides are gritty and they just dig it. It all starts with the defence. An interesting one next year, Beak, and you're, you're a Broncos man. I'm really curious to see the Broncos. What's been... Has been spoken a lot about. You've got expectations, big expectations from the fans. They're expecting a title. Flegler and Herbie Farnworth are huge losses. Yep, and Kurt Capewell. Kurt Capewell, yeah. a big loss. Uh, look, the, the thing is, there's a, there's a lot of fans, and I understand why. Like I want to feel this way too. That are almost putting the Broncos in that Penrith mould and going, okay, well we're just like Penrith now. Like we're young, we're fast, we're explosive, but this is a super super young side. It's only gone to the finals once. It just lost Flegler, Farmworth, Cody Catewell. The people that are being that are replacing those people are all super young as well. So, although I do think they'll be challenging for a premiership next year, and I do think a line in the sand has been drawn for the Broncos. No longer can they be up and down. It wouldn't surprise me if the start of the year they're a bit ahead of themselves. They're a bit, you know, yeah, you know, we can just play because like they got to a point last year where the Broncos were so good in attack they just went. It doesn't matter. We're just going to score more points than them, yep. and we'll be able to fight that. Look at the grand final. They were like getting absolutely dominated by Penrith, and yep. they just went, you know what? We'll score three tries in 10 minutes. That can't last long term. So uh, it's going to be really interesting. I actually think Kurt Catewell is equally as big as a loss because mm. the locker room and, and the, the experience, whereas when you look at their edge now, you've got Ezra Mam, Pierre Corre maybe, uh, or Ricky, 
Selwyn Cobbo, like the, the, Dean Mariner, maybe. This is a super young edge. Yes, super young edge. I, I like I like Cobbo coming into centres. I wish he stayed on the wing. I wish really? he stayed on the wing. Yeah, look, I think wing is. So I'm with Beak. I, I like if I had like a player with that size, power, and athleticism, I like him on kick returns. Mm. Yeah, like, like the centre position. And different sides to different degrees, but centre position's a real blue-collar spot. So You're leading kick chase. Who's, so who's playing wing? So Jesse Arthurs or Dean Mariner. Gotcha. But I personally think the game has shifted a little bit where wingers are actually more valuable than centres these yeah. days. Yeah. Uh, I think that your winger basically has to be essentially a front rower. He needs to be able to take as, as many metres as a front rower does, but he also needs to be able to be an incredible finisher. Like all, He has to be... A, all well-rounded. The only thing he probably doesn't have to worry about is ball playing. Mm. Whereas centers, you can you can afford to put a really good defensive center in there and just do his job. Um, we're going to get to a big question in a second. In the meantime, I'll just say I think the two sides that symbolize how tough it's going to be as far as getting into the eight this year, the Dolphins and the Titans, hearing unbelievable reports from, from both clubs. Titans apparently are buzzing under Des, really fit, ready to go. The creative spots, there's some question marks there. But if you go through their team, they've got a very, very good football side. Dolphins, great pick-up, as you said before. Pick a couple of terrific players. There's the Wayne factor. Uh, very, very interesting. Big question, Queensland. Right Fullback. Ponga or Walsh? Right they, they, this is big. And what I mean by this, they can't – if they're going to continue to go with the Harry Grant-Ben Hunt combination, then they can't – Carry Ponga and Walsh. There might be a decision there for Billy. Is the combination Walsh and Ponga, or is it Harry Grant and Ben Hunt? It's Harry Grant Ben Hunt. Like yeah. I think it's insane anyone's even considering removing that fourteen jersey. Look at all the top tier teams. They have an explosive fourteen coming off the bench that can play hooker. Uh, yes, can Kalen Ponga play in the middle? He has done that. Mm. At the moment, I would have. You know, if we were talking last year. Before Kalen Pong was rung, I obviously would have had Reese Walsh. At the moment, I would have KP in that fullback position just because of the size and also his ability to play multiple positions if that is the case. What do you do with Walsh? Uh, Don't I would, pick him? Well, I, at the moment. The no, he would be on the wing. At the moment, he'd be obviously part of the squad. At the moment, right now. Well, but Walsh, you know. Walsh would be number one for Queensland. You reckon? Oh, it's yep. going to be interesting. Yeah. Anyway, Webby, okay, the big one for us. Yes. Equally tough fullback. Do you think is it Dylan Edwards' time? I think they have to, and I'm, that's no disrespect to to mm. Teddy, but for mine, this New South Wales match has to do with New South Wales what Freddie did in 2018 and tear it up and start again mm. and be make all those courageous decisions and, that's right. and make and make some some generational change. And I, I like Teddy's had a great run, and I reckon his club would like it too. And yeah. cut there, they, but, they won't say it, but. Mm. You know, if he just concentrated on club football, I think I think it'd be the best thing for him, and it'd be it'd be a, a good change for New South Wales. Teddy might not be you know, the right example because of acting as the camp uh, the, the captain, but incumbency, the talk of incumbency when you're coming off losing series, it should not carry any weight. When you start to lose you know, a couple a row. of series, <laughs> yeah, two in a row, that's when you start to, as Webby yep. said, tear up and have a look again. Think- now, if you look at Nathan, Nathan's the most important. He, he is the critical one. As Cameron Smith was to Queensland through that run, Nathan Cleary, he, he's our man. He's going to be our Cameron Smith going forward. So yep. it's almost like Nathan, right? What suits his game more? Is it James Tedesco or is it Dylan Edwards? I, I think Edwards' time I, I has would, come. Right yeah. now, I'd actually select Scotty Drinkwater. It really just depends on if you've got uh, – to be honest, right now I'd pick a, a fit Tom Drewovich. But if you've got enough strike in your centres – then I could afford to go Edwards. 
uh, or Teddy. But I just thought last year, when you didn't have that strike in your centres, you just didn't have enough points in you uh, mm-hmm. in key, key moments. And that's what Scotty Drink, Drinkwater brings. I think he's uh, involved in like 50 to 60% of all points scored for the Cowboys. He's been top five Dally M's for the last three years in a row. I just worry with Edwards, uh, although we know he'll do a really solid job, is he too similar to Teddy? I'd be having Jack Whiten in there if he's available. Mm. A yeah. fullback? Not a fullback, but in the team. Oh, he'd, be, he'd probably be my 14. 14, for sure. We did an interview with the old backstage with Nathan Cleary, and I asked him, who is the best talker? Who is the greatest help for you? In the Penrith side, and he said automatically, he said Dylan Edwards. Yeah, okay. He said he never stops talking and tipping to me, and he said the way he organises the defence. If if Tommy's fit, can you just put Tommy in as fullback? For sure, I reckon. You could. I I know we're like, oh yeah, but Tommy could be a wing or he could be a set. Put him in the fullback position. I like. I I like he and Latrell. If he and Latrell are fit, that them swinging and playing together on an edge is boy, that's hard to handle. I like Tommy's well, work before. <laughs> mm, right. Sorry, Webby. It's worked before. With it's, it has. Emma Jeez, I, thought you said, I thought you said Paul Favor, and I was going to say, no problem. It's <laughs> <laughs> Paul Favor, thank you. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, thanks, Maestro. Okay, we're going to get your mic. Anyway, we'll take a break. Sound advice next. Yes, welcome back. And uh, it's time for Sound Advice with Jack Johns. And look, what he's going to talk about today, just out on Netflix, is an incredible documentary. I, I think. It's probably the best music documentary I've seen. It's the making of the iconic USA for Africa song, We Are the World. Just you and me. Is that Diana Ross, the second one? I think it was. Dion Warwick. That's, that's, what, that's what we do. Make a bit, better, pl- better place. Sure we do. Uh, now, <laughs> Jack Johns, welcome, brother. Have you seen a better music documentary than The Greatest Night in Pop? Morning, fellas. Yeah, yeah. I, um, it's, it's pretty good. I, uh, I was sent a text between two individuals, Matthew the Amphibian Croker from Newcastle, and then about an hour later, Benjamin Hogarth, uh, to give this a watch. And it didn't disappoint. It was very, very good. Firstly, Jack, the genius of Quincy Jones. I mean, not just musically, but a people manager to handle all those egos in the room. Yeah, yeah. Well, first, I'll, just, I'll let people know that the you know it was basically a documentary covering the recording session that took place for this song um, in 1985, straight up the American Music Awards. Um, yeah, it's pretty incredible. What Quincy did was pretty much conducting a, a massive, uh, pretty much an orchestra where you've got just about every every instrument. You've got someone that's a, a rock star. Incredible. Jack, did you find it, like when I was watching it, like I hold a lot of these people that are in this room in very, very high regard. Were you surprised though, like when you saw, you know, Bob Dylan or Huey Lewis and all these guys that – you know, whilst they may have ego, they were also extraordinarily shy and, and backward and sort of like nervous about being there. Yeah, it was very um Bob Dylan's one really shocked me. I Amazing. thought he would pretty much wouldn't have wouldn't have cared less uh who was around him. But um I'll tell you what made me nervous. The the moment Huey Lewis and Cindy Lawpart yeah. uh were thinking their their uh, individual parts and they were sorta of, 
had everyone around him and I started to get under the pump. I was feeling quite nervous. Oh. You know what I got out of it, Jack? Like, what about how when they started at 10 p.m. after those music awards going through to 6 in the morning? Like, yeah. I mean, that yeah, must be like, I, like you're trying to hit like those notes. I know when I'm singing and laying down a track that I find it <laughs> yeah. very, I yeah. want to do it in the morning. Not, yeah, very good know. karaoke. Well, it's a, it's a credit to. It's a real credit to Quincy too, especially with his sign that he put over the door. Left all their managers and their, you know, their posses around outside, and and basically said to them, "Keep your egos uh, at the door." Um, and then really, like the the thing that really surprised me was like the hours they went. Like they went till seven in the morning the next morning. Um, Diana Ross, you know, famously was crying afterwards because she didn't want it to end. And I think a lot of it, a lot of the uh, tension. Uh, and nervousness was sort of, it looked like it was sort of cut when Jonah Ross asked Daryl Hall for his autograph and said that I'm, you know, you just stand. I think everyone looked around and as they say at the doco, Lionel said they were basically all asking for each other's autographs for the next hour. Uh, hey, Jackson, Beak here. Uh, mate, what, how do you reckon this would go down today? Because it's 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 beloved when we look back on it. But, you know, we've seen a history of uh, celebrities trying to get together to sing recently, and it went down like a lead balloon, uh, out of touch, cringe. And yet this is remembered in a really positive light. Do you reckon it would – society has changed so much that they would get absolutely panned if they tried to do it today? Yeah, it's, it's hard. I think if it's for the right cause, I think everyone gets right behind it like it was for this. Uh, especially – I think the thing that made this one really incredible was the fact that it was an original song. Like, it's – you know, you've you got to credit Lionel – and Michael, how they, you know, they wrote the song and then Quincy put it together. But um, I think just in, you know, the situation um, that was happening in Africa, I think it really just gave everyone something to, to rally around. It, it seemed like, as well, the effort they all put in for people that, you know, the boss was on tour. Um, you had people coming from all parts of the country, even people that weren't at the American Music Awards. It, it, it you know, really, um, it showed, especially with Bob. Um, Oh, it was a Geldof that yep. came in and did their, his little speech beforehand. And uh, I think it sort of, you know, it probably resonated with the artist, how it sort of meant to the rest of the world. Can you tell us the snake story between... Oh. <laughs> uh, my my favourite part was my favorite part was the fact that Michael just calls Lionel Lionel. It was just, yeah, it was awesome. I, I love when Paul Simon, who's standing down the front of the crowd, looks up at all the people in the room and goes, Geez, if a bomb hits this place, uh, John Denver's back on top. Right. <laughs> what, no, but the, the snake story where they were uh, uh, so at Michael's place, like um, they were just they were writing the lyrics, weren't they? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, like a, a, a book falls yeah. in the corner <laughs> and this this hiss, and it's like this snake comes down. He's come to hear us sing. <laughs> Listen, Lionel, he's come to hear us sing. And when he goes, what about it? He goes, give bubbles a cuddle. And he goes, I'm not touching the chimp. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> again, Jack, I'll come back to the point you touched on it. You never underestimate people's insecurities, even complete legends. Bob Dylan, it is when people see it, they'll be totally shocked how intimidated you was in that room. Firstly, as a group, when he wouldn't sing as the group because he knew he couldn't hit the right key. But when you know, each of them had taken their time, you see Huey Lewis and all that, and he was crapping himself, but he pulls it off. Later on, Bruce Springsteen, et cetera. But Bob Dylan. It's really uncomfortable to watch him mumbling and having no confidence. Quincy walks up and yeah. says, everybody out of the room, and it's absolutely amazing. He took, he takes Bob Dylan over to Stevie Wonder, and he said, Stevie Wonder's the best mimicker of, of, you know, of, of artists he's ever seen. And he says to Stevie Wonder, you tell him how he should sing it. And Stevie Wonder goes, 
Uh, it's true, we make a better day, just you and me. And Bob Dylan <laughs> smiles and then just goes back and just lays it down. It's it's unbelievable. I, yeah, I really enjoyed um, the fact that I like, probably answered a few questions for people. There's a lot of clips that get around. They've gotten around social media over the last, you know, however many years and people send it to each other. One, one of them is of Michael sort of looking like he's being a bit critical of certain people singing. And then there's one of, there's ones of um, Bob when he's, you know, they're doing those high pitch pieces and he's just sitting there sort of just fumbling around in his own shoes. And it looks like he's a bit confused and doesn't know where he is. But then you sort of, as you watch the documentary, you sort of realise that he knows he can't hit, hit those notes. So he just sits there and sort of, like Quincy said, leaves his ego at the door and chooses not to sing those parts because he knows mm. he can't reach those notes, which, you know, that says a lot about him. Springsteen was, is what a warrior. You know, he flies in at the end of the Born in the USA tour. He's absolutely wrecked. And to hear him sing with that raspy voice, you, your his throat's was, sore listening to it. His voice was going too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Jack, awesome, mate. Thank you for today. I'll, I'll see you when I get home tonight about midnight. All right. See you, Lionel. See you, bud. <laughs> see you, little Jack. snake. Right, uh, we'll take a break. Guess what, people? Braith and Astor up next. Yeah, welcome back to Morning Glory, getting the uh, the back end now. We've got our tips coming up pretty soon. You got anything for us, Webb? No, nothing. Just have it. That's all right. Uh, I'm sure I'll find something. Get your mate old... Uh, Ask Braith. Braith will have something. Get your mate old Rootsy. Oh, oh, sorry, I meant Chris Roots. I don't <laughs> want to just uh, clarify that. Yeah. Now, boys, this we want, week... We want a winner, mate. Exactly. Uh, now, this week out at uh, Rosebud Country Club, Castle Hill, Ray Hadley's local. Uh, we're back locking horns with Ray again. Hello, Ray. How <laughs> another you Another battle, another year, another battle. We've got the WebEx Player Series and Fox Sports and 360 Zone Golf Enthusiast, Braith Anastas on the line. Braith, how you going, brother? Hello, boys. How are we? Mate, Braith. we're going good. Jeez, I'm looking forward to Vegas again, That's mate. Right. How are you? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm devastated that we're going. It's, it's uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, Matty. It's going to be a good time. I'm pretty pumped yourself. Yeah, well, mate, I'm always pumped for a good time. You know me. Now, Braith, <laughs> I know you. you've seen me playing golf before. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, you can't be good at everything. So I'm going to, I'm going to pass on to Denon here. Come on, Denon. You've got to step up to the plate. Mate, tell us about what your, uh, your involvement is. Yeah, so uh, it's the WebEx Player Series. It's on the uh, PGA uh, Australia Tour and WPGA. So it's, a, it's an event that we started a few years ago where the men actually take on the women, uh, which is unique in itself. So it's it's a big week. It's a Castle Hill. Um, I've got a few clients that are playing in it, and we started it yesterday. Round two's on today. I'm actually caddying for one of my guys, so I'm in the Uber now. I'm running a bit late, so I'm just trying to get there for the co- <laughs> to get on the course. But, <laughs> but it's... But it's um it, yeah it's 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 a, it's a great event. As I said, it, it, it's very rare that the men actually take on the women for the one prize. And and actually, the the girl I played with uh, yesterday, Jenny Shin, her name is. She plays on the LPGA tour. She's leading it. Not she shot nine under. Honestly, wow. like it made it look like it was the easiest thing you've ever seen in your life. It was incredible. Hey, Braith, Ben, mate, how are you going? Hey, good. Caddy, <laughs> can you give us a little? Can you give me like a little insight? What do you say to the players? Yeah, not much. Uh, I said, what, what, I, what I say to them is, when you, when, if you were to talk, I'll talk. If you ask me a question, I'll answer. Other than that, I'll shut the, you know, up. Because I, I, I don't, yeah, these guys are so intense, right? They're, they're, they're playing for their livelihoods, they're playing for money, and I'm just some footy player holding the bag, right? So, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I've played a bit of golf my time, but I try and stay out of their way and just do all the carrying, clean the ball, 
yeah, <laughs> and give it yeah. back to him. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. By, by the way, is, how's Fluff going these days, boys? Is he still is he still thinking? Yeah, where is Fluff? Yeah, don't who's know. Fluff? Uh, you know, uh, Tiger Woods' oh. old caddy. Oh god, yeah, he hasn't yeah, no, gone. Sorry. He hasn't gone. I thought you were talking like an, an acquaintance of Brace. He hasn't gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate. Oh Webby, sorry. On, stop <laughs> stop, on, stop stereotyping, <laughs> Webby. Disgusting. <laughs> 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 I'm disgusted by that. <laughs> Brace, how, do you, how are you hitting them these days? I mean the golf balls. I'm hitting them all right. I don't know. What are you off? Oh, 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 how um? What are you off? What are you off? Because you've 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 played. Uh, you've been quite a good golfer over the years, haven't you? Yeah, a long time ago. I think mm. people have got this misconceived idea because I, I did used to play a lot when I was younger. So I was off. I was off plus one or two when I was fifteen. But I don't. I just don't play anymore. I'm off. Probably off about six or seven, but I'd play off about eight or nine. Yeah. I don't know. It's, you, it's not. I don't play enough. I'm too busy. Yeah. Benny Iken as well. The only difference is you've got oh. a life. Hey, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Brave. He loves it, doesn't he? Oh, doesn't he? What? Um, we're going to tell you what we'll do, Brave. We're going to let you go, pal. Have a great day out there, mate. On you, boys. You have a great day. See there he goes. Brave master. Good fella. What a legend. Good man, Brave. Doing a good job at 362. He that's, is very that's good a at tough, it. Hey, that's a tough job. He's awesome. Doing really good. We'll take a break. Uh, we'll do our tips next. Stick around. Yeah, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the show. Now, Chemist Warehouse has you covered this Valentine's Day. Say big on fragrance. They have big savings on big brand fragrance at Chemist Warehouse. They've great, been great supporter of this show. Um, boys, we're looking uh, – what have we got? We've got tips. I do. Uh, Ramwick, race seven, number four, fully lit, Oh, as the kids oh. say. Lit. Just, that's just a bit of a Vegas that's, thing. That's very much a. Uh, I remember the NBL a few years ago. That was a, the NBL. It's fully, fully lit. lit. I thought fully lit meant something else. But anyway, that's <laughs> right. uh, I got a tip. There's a there's a, there's a market on sports bet. Taylor Swift Super Bowl. Uh, will she be shown over or under seven point five times? Paying two dollars ten for under seven point five times. Get on that. Go, on, go overs. Benny. Go, go off. Go overs. I got a tip. To it, long-range bet, I'm going to bet the Gold Coast Titans to make the eight this year under Dez. Ooh. I'm going to say the Bulldogs will make the eight. No, long don't range. be silly. Long don't range. be silly. Don't Mate, be silly, Ben. There you go. Being silly. Why am I being silly? Yeah, that's a silly silly thing to say. Webby, <laughs> Beak, Ben, Maestro, loved it, boys. Great debut. Good to be back. See you, guys. Have a good week, and they don't boo. forget the kids. Beyond the children. Beyond the children.